We may never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 30, the show that likes to consider various iterations of the Warcraft story that could potentially happen. Each episode, we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft, one or two or more topics at a time. My name is Allie, the one that really wants to know more about the broker encounter suits. And I'm joined by the one that's halfway through the 75 hard. It's Jin. Yeah, that's me. Hi. I know. That's you. Hi. Hi. Oh, but wait, there's more. When asking the big questions, it helps to bring in some reinforcements. Today we have the one that likes to talk about mass effective choices in Warcraft. It's Nick. Hey, how's everybody doing? It's like that little play on words. With like, you know, yes, you yes like I mass did. Effect, I appreciated that. And then I was really proud of that joke for some reason. That's, oh, a, that's, that's a strong a joke. Yeah, thanks, thanks. <laughs> and we also have the Tired Goblin, who also thinks that Worgen should have tails, which I appreciate. It's Katie. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Good. A big welcome to our friends from Torn the Goblin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank thanks you for, for having us. us. It's great to be here. Ah, oh, so excited. So, Katie, what have you been up to? Oh, man. So uh, anyone that's listened to Torrid and the Goblin probably knows by now that when it turns to October, there is only one thing that I do and get ready for, which is Headless Horseman runs. So that is what I've been doing. Because <laughs> I think this is year 10? I don't know. It's it's some ridiculous number that I still don't have that gosh darn horse, and I'm very upset about it. So uh, let's see. I think I have, I have eight characters that are ready to go, and I think I have another six that I'm going to try and get up in time to wow. do more runs. You should see my spreadsheet. It's it's I think that's almost scarier than the run like <laughs> the Headless Horseman itself. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a scary spreadsheet. <laughs> it's terrifying. Do you do do you think it's gonna be your year? Is this it? Are you finally <sighs> so, gonna get it? Statistically, if I run at least sixteen characters, I see it drop three times a year. Never once has it been for me. So I keep hoping. But one of my friends might have cursed me this year, so I'm like if I don't get it this year, I know exactly who to blame. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> there you go. Just just blame them. <laughs> so you've been just prepping all your tunes for, for the runs? Yeah, so a lot of them are hovering around 47 and 48 just because of the level squish. Okay. Uh, you're and you're it was, close. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I said. I'm like, yeah, this won't take that long. And then I started trying to level them quickly. And I'm like, oh, man, this, this is going to be... A decent time commitment between now and Monday, so or Tuesday, I should say, because I believe they start next Tuesday. Uh, so that is my race against time to get as many characters ready to challenge the Horsemen once again this year. Wow. Well, I hope, I hope it works out. <laughs> I hope it's this just, is your year, and then we can report happily on the next episode that you get it. I'm not even it's gonna, really I'm, not even going to talk about how quickly I got that mount. So I'm just moving along. I'm, I'm, I'm not either. At this point, it's just it's just Wait. pride. I'm like, I can't, I can't lose. I'm like, I'm just going to do this till I die if that's what I have to do. I'm like, I will get that mount. I will. So wait, wait, both of you guys have the mount then? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so Katie's the only one here who doesn't have the mount then. Yep. That sounds, sounds like sounds it. Like it yeah. 
I swear I have the worst luck in the world. Like, Halloween is my very favorite holiday ever, so I'm like, this is the one mount I want more than anything. And I still don't have it. It's fine. It's fine. Fine is the best word for this. Yeah, I think it, I think the problem is is the stupid personal loot is probably it honestly feels like it was probably made it harder to get because back in the day when it was just you know need greed kind of crap oh that's i feel like i needed on it when i got it it was a long time ago it was like crap. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know i have no idea i've just had the mount for a long time and cool <laughs> i just don't even think about it anymore <laughs> yeah i got it really early on and my guildies hating me for it Oh, I wish I could buy it with tricky treats. I don't even want to tell you guys how many tricky treats I wind up with at the end of all of this. It's disgusting. Mm. And you probably already have every single toy and transmog and pet. Like and- 300 <laughs> plus tricky treats at the end of like all of it per character. Not just like a one, like not just total. I'm like, oh, right. it's, it's so many. And I'm like, I just so like, funny. you know, it's bad when I log into a tune and I realize like I see something from last Halloween in their inventory that just disappeared. And I'm like. That means I haven't logged into you since last year this time. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Clearly, I know what I used you for last. <laughs> well, Nick, what have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? Um, hanging out a little bit in Ardenweald, still working my way through the campaign there. It's been going a little bit uh, slower than I would have liked, but uh, I blame that on the Gorm. So that's. <laughs> but you, you love you. I know they're they're also cuddly and warm and I I don't know why I I wouldn't have uh, any issues with that, but uh, (laughs) it's just, uh, you know, they have so many legs to hug you with. Exactly. And so, so many big sharp teeth to, to pincer you with. They're just just big hungry guys. They just want to snack. That's all, (laughs) you know, they just eat the very land and the existence of the realm, but that's fine. They're, they're is, is, is this on alt Nick? Yeah, this is on my, uh, my war, my worgen alt. I have him. Ah, uh, uh, good choice. There. Good choice. Uh, hey, Jin, how's your how's your Ardenwell campaign there going? Huh? Is uh, Nick gonna, gonna finish his before gonna, you finish nope. yours? Mm, I don't know what you're the what now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. There are things that take up time that are hard and take seventy five days. So that's what we're just gonna, that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, hasn't happened yet. So yeah. That's what we're going to say. I just, I just had to point that out. Uh, <laughs> anything else you've been up to, Nick? Uh, no, that's about it. How about you, Jen? Instead of me just giving you crap. Oh, besides that, uh, you know, last Thursday, uh, I did what I normally do in this time of the cycle iteration, which we like to call, lovingly call Raid Log. Yeah. And then I spent three hours smacking Sylvanas in the face. But then she killed us. And uh, yeah, so it was, she just killed us over and over and over and over because she's mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How far did you get? Uh, we did not see phase three. I'll put it that way. We, we I think we almost made it okay. through phase two. So, yay. All right. Anywho, but besides that, I mean, I've just been, you know, watching a whole bunch of TikTok videos of, hey, remember that person that we shared last week? You know, the Aaron, the anti-Karen. Yeah, I, yes. I've now caught up. Watch every single freaking one. <laughs> and that's a lot because she posts almost every single day since 2019. So um, that is a lot. It was a lot of videos, but it was worth every second. It was fabulous. I just I loved it. And uh, now I'm a little sad. You know, when you finish something, you're just like, hmm, mm. a little sad. So we just went back and started watching some more. Uh, you know, just 
give her some more views. Could pick out the favorites. Like, oh, this, oh, let's watch this. One. Let's give them too. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, it's way better than TV. It's super freaking funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's pretty awesome too. Because uh, uh, come to find out, she's now signed up for the New York City Marathon, right? And she is uh, raising money for um, for Parkinson's since her dad also has Parkinson's. So it's like the, oh, cool. the Michael J. Uh, Fox uh, team. And yeah, she is. She's already raised like thirty thousand dollars. So it's probably going to be even more than wow. that um, by the time this episode comes out. Because she's like the very first day that she said, "Oh, I signed up for the New York City Marathon. Hey, you can use this link to donate to the you know support Parkinson's research." And it was like the very first day. It was like twenty thousand dollars, and she's like, "Oh, you guys are really nice." So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was really awesome. Yeah, and on top of that, uh, I'm really excited that, that she uh, she also finished her freaking 18-mile uh, race of uh, the entire length of uh, Long Island. Uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, you know, raced the entire length of Long Island. And uh, the, the one thing that was apparently scary about that is she only had three hours and 45 minutes to finish. And that was much, much faster than her normal pace of, you know, 13-minute mile, right? <laughs> So she had right. to actually get faster. <laughs> but she finished. I'm proud. Proud of her. Wow, she that's awesome. Job. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I've been up to. Yeah. Yeah. Fun times just watching TikTok and raid logging. <laughs> 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 well, Allie, what have you been up to? Hmm? We watching the TikTok? Hmm? Raid logging? No. No. Doing more than raid logging because we're still, so we're stuck on heroic remnant in the ping pong game. And we just can't. So for those who don't know how to fight on heroic, you get a debuff, you have to go to the edge and get dispelled. It's like a circular platform, right? So you have to go to the edge and get dispelled, but you have to be facing like outwards from the edge because it bounces you back. Otherwise you get you know flown off the platform, except two of them go out at the same time. So like one person has to go to the one edge and then dispel. And then the other person has to go off the other edge and dispel because it's ping ponging the entire raid back and forth. And between that and all the mechanics, it's just so easy to get out of position. And if you like make any mistakes, it's an immediate raid wipe. It's just, it's such a pain and we just can't, we can't, we can't kill it. It's, but at least it's, it's a fun group. And this past Thursday when we were trying, we wiped all night to it, but everyone stayed in good spirits and was able to joke around that kind of thing. So that was nice. Like I walked away with a smile instead of being frustrated. So that was good. It's always a plus. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to have a, an entire night of wiping to the same boss and, and being like, well, that was an entire wasted night. That sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I've had many of those. Yeah, I think we all have. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that, if it happens again this week, if, if we have another night of wiping to all night, then we then then things might get changed. We might get frustrated because it's just getting really old really fast is there's just so much RNG with that fight and it's so easy to mess up so hopefully we'll do better um other than that i've been doing some torgast and corthia and uh jen and i did some torgast a couple couple weekends ago yeah we did that was fun about that yeah didn't we we, like five chicken star like 11 or something like that i was like yeah we got like all the special like extra levels and layers floors floors. we extra floors because that was that was was pretty cool the adamant vaults whatever the crap it's called yeah adam adamant vaults yeah yeah Mm. so it was cool and oh i did the shadowlands dungeon weekly and got crap for it but i did it so that's a thing (laughs) (laughs) you got crap congratulations 
Yay. Actually, so I got a pair of gloves that was a side grade. So it's it's something. I'm wearing them now. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and just move on because there's lots to talk about today. What mm-hmm. uh what are we what are we drinking? A bees knees with raspberries. <laughs> it's, so we went we got some bees. We ripped their legs off, then we ground up the knees, right? <laughs> That's... Why is that so violent? <laughs> <laughs> That's How else are you gonna get bees' knees? Hmm? I don't know. Maybe you ask them really nicely, and they'll give you one. I don't. I don't know. I've never asked a bee for its knees. This is not called the raspberry bees' knee pads. This is the raspberry bees' knees. I, I just have to say that the shocked look on Katie's face when she said that, and then she's also clutching her little boomkin plushie and it just there's she just radiates innocence and it's like how dare you torture these 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 innocent bees Jen they, they didn't deserve this no they don't save the bees they're man, they're amazing I mean they're how are they supposed to land they're just gonna like bounce just, just these poor bumblebees oh, wait I mean maybe you only need one bee's knee if it's like Azeroth size bees because those things are huge so you know maybe mm. it depends yeah you just get one Sounds of them like, like honey back harvesters and he's like dude give me a knee he's like, I got a lot of <laughs> it sounds like, like an alchemical ingredient now it's like bees knees or knee of bee right <laughs> well, I, I was gonna go the i was gonna go the route of picking this because i think you're all the bees knees and be mm. like lame and corny but then jen made it violent and so we're just gonna go that route instead Warrior. i'm just gonna That's say that I do. bees kind of are, are similar to gorm and that they're very insect like and so i'm fine with uh destructing <laughs> the bees you're fine with this violence. Yes. <laughs> I hope a really Kate. big bee or a really big Gordon Katie. finds you, Nick. <laughs> Katie is not okay with this. I am not okay with this. I love bees. Well, bees specifically bumblebees. Bumblebees are adorable. Bees are so great because they create the ingredient that was part of this drink. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> no, not just though? honey. It's also knees, apparently. Lots of bee parts go into this. <laughs> <laughs> so this drink is you, you take honey and lemon and raspberries and just a little bit of water and you shake them and shake them and shake them really good and you pour it out and then you chop it with you know club soda right mm-hmm. except I had this issue where and I was telling them beforehand where I think I put too much ice in the shaker because it got really freaking cold and cold honey doesn't mix really well so I feel like my, my drink is Void of any kind of bees knees, um, it's okay. It, it's it's okay. It's it's not bad. It's just it's. I think it's mi- missing the honey she needs aspect more knees. because she. I need I need more knees in my life because cold honey does not mix well. Less ice, sure. more knees. Did did any of you have that issue with with the honey or was it just me? Just sounds like it's just They're all you. shaking their head. All right, <laughs> I noobed it up. Uh, what do you guys think about this drink? I think it's fantastic. I, like it. I think it's tasty. I really, I enjoy it. It was a good call. You're sorry, gone. <laughs> I should yeah. put out the, the caveat. I did not have any raspberries, so I had to use strawberries, and it's actually Ooh. not that bad. Yeah. I probably would have liked it more. I, I like raspberries, but I do like strawberries more, so maybe I would have liked it more. Clearly, you just you guys did this drink for me because raspberries are the greatest berry of them all. They are the king of berries. They're the best, unless you're eating yogurt. Then, then blueberries are the king of berries. So there you go. Yes, that's true. I was going to interject that blueberries are the king of berries, but we can come to well, an understanding over this. I mean, if you put if you put raspberries in your in your delicious, nice and sour Greek yogurt, it's just like sour on sour. And you're like, that's too much. Ah, holy crap. 
But the blueberries are like, hey, hey, let's settle down for a second. You have a little sweetness in your sour. It's so <laughs> good. Settle down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I really liked it. The only problem I didn't like is that the ingredients list didn't include the, uh, the club soda in the ingredients list. It's like, and top with soda water. I was like, bitch, you didn't tell me in the ingredients list. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's the very end of the description. So you, you know, you think you're done and you're ready to go and you're like, oh, club soda. Okay. Well, that's. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, ten minutes to ten minutes to to go time. It was well. I'm running to the convenience store. Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it's very close by, so I was able to do that. Even, apparently, Nick was even impressed how fast I got. I was like, oh yeah, very fast. I, I assume it's like downstairs from where you live, or something, <laughs> or like on your property. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's my basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's very it's very close. It's, it's one of the advantages of where I live. We have a little convenience store. It's very very close, and they uh, keep it well stocked with any kind of mixy items that you can usually think of. Because um, I heard a story once of uh, there's like a there's like it's a two locations of the of the same store, right? There's one where I live, and then one you know way in another part of the t- part of the, the county, right? Well, the funny the funny story was is that the one over there made way more money. Like just because it was, uh, it was more convenient. You know, you know, most people didn't drive to like the bigger box stores and things like that. They just went hit hit there, so it made way way more money. Uh, but the funny thing was, is this one sold way more alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like way more. <laughs> so yeah, uh, they, they're uh, they're well stocked with any of that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, so they they had the premium. Premium club soda. Premium. They even said that on the box. Nah, and yeah, I think it works because it's is very good. I like it. It is the bee's knees. Fact. <laughs> good. Good. I'm glad. Well, I think with all that, we're gonna move on. Just really quick for for patron patrons and patron and whatnot. Uh, hey. Hey, hi, hi, hi. Uh, this is always awkward. Uh, if you like supporting shows that talk about hobbies and interests that you're into, and do you like to find, do you find yourself talking back to hosts out loud while listening in the car or while riding on a train? I know I have a tendency to do that myself forever, uh, which is why I'm part of the reason why I'm here. If you answered yes to any of those, stay tuned until the end of the show to find out how you can keep this show and our habits of buying premium club soda going. <laughs> Because it's premium. <laughs> it's premium. Expensive. Jin has expensive taste. We need. He needs. Yeah. He need, he needs premium. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is that a Patreon reward? Like, if you don't hit a certain number, you only have to buy the regular club soda. <laughs> but you know, beyond that, you can buy the premium. It's one of the tiers. You get out of the freaking bargain bin. <laughs> I was like, which tier includes bees knees? <laughs> I don't know. Like, apparently, I got to create one now. Be right back. <laughs> Creating bees knees tier. <laughs> you should do each tier like this tier is the bees knees, then this tier is the bees hips, and then this tier is the bees shoulders, and just this is the bees thorax. <laughs> this is the bees abdomen. <laughs> you guys are killing Katie over here. I don't know. She seemed to be enjoy, enjoy the fact that I used the word thorax. She's like, yes, that's correct. That's true. That is I, the biologist in me is like, okay, but also we're dissecting bees, which is sad. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Well, you want to talk a little ABK? Mm. Yeah. That yeah. Cluster. So, 
It's such a cluster. I Oh, God. So, all right. Uh, I'm going to try to go through this quickly. Last episode, we talked a bit about the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commissions, a.k.a. the EEOC. And there are three-year investigation and the $18 million settlement that ABK is working on with them. Uh, since then, we've actually learned that there is a clause in this settlement that allows ABK to remove from the personnel files of each eligible claimant any references to the allegations related to sexual harassment, pregnancy and discrimination, and or related retali- retaliation. So basically, this means that they get to get rid of their files and whatnot on all of this. They, it does say that the defendants have to keep their own files and whatever if they want to. But yeah, it just basically says that ABK can just, just get rid of them, just be done. And that's not good. Uh, that's that, that pisses me off personally, and that doesn't work for the DFEH because that's their evidence. They kind of need that. So the DFEH is claiming that the EEOC and ABK, there's so many abbreviations now, uh, were required to tell the courts about the ongoing DFEH investigation, and apparently they didn't, which in legal legal land, that's not cool, and. The DFEH is now, well, they're going to file a motion to intervene on the fact that destruction of evidence damages their investigation settlement. And they were trying to actually um, expedite that intervention just to keep it from happening entirely. But now the EEOC is basically clapping back by filing an opposition to the intervention, saying that the DFEH violated California rules of conduct by employing two attorneys who previously worked on the EEOC's investigation. So conflict of interest and whatnot. The whole thing's a hot mess. And, you know, I put in here that we'll continue to, you know, give updates as they come out. But just this afternoon, more information came out. <laughs> because today that motion for the DEFEH to expedite their request to intervene was denied. Now, I don't think the whole motion was denied, just the ability to expedite it. So, because they probably got to do their investigations and whatnot. Also, the Communication Workers of America actually are going to file their separate objection against this $18 million settlement with the EEOC. So, it's just the whole thing's a cluster. You got EEOC and DFEH just butting heads now. And this new, uh, I think, I want to say it's a union. But this Workers of America Alliance is coming in now like it's just it, it's a cluster it's getting harder and harder to keep straight but we're gonna keep talking about it and that's uh that's a whole thing are, are the eeoc good guys because it kind of sounds like they they're running interference on the dfeh to keep abk in the clear because that's what well, it they, feels like and especially too i mean the whole 18 million dollar Settlement, we you know that always felt kind of low anyway. So not, not only is it low, but apparently I read from somewhere that that settlement money only goes to like victims, you know, claimants and whatnot after 2016. So if you were someone who has claimed, uh, you know, being victimized, or whatever, before 2016, you're SOL. And you're right, like the 18 million is is pretty low. And at first, like everyone was really excited because the EEOC was actually going to subpoena Bobby Kotick. And I don't know if it's happening or not. That's the SEC. 
Is it SEC? It's just such a Securities Exchange Commission. More alphabet soup, everybody. Right? I just can't keep it straight anymore. But it does it does kind of feel that this $18 million is low. You're absolutely right. And it does kind of feel like the EEOC is trying to help ABK get through this which, uh, with as little damage as possible, considering well, that they're going to let the ABK just destroy their files. Well, that's the thing. Even if they don't let them through it, I think it gives ABK more time to destroy whatever files they need because the injunction isn't being expedited. Yeah. Now, it does say that they they can't destroy files, whatever, until after the money has been given out. But then it does say something in there, and I didn't read all of it because it gets so detailed about how, like, if all the money doesn't get, isn't given to um, the de- defendants, it can be given to, like, a charity of the EEOC's choosing. Oh, and yeah. some people think that means that ABK is going to get it back. I don't know. It's just. Is the charity, the Bobby Kodak, I cut my salary a little bit fund? I need another <laughs> yacht fund, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's. It's getting painful, is what it is. Well, it's a whole thing. Like I can't, ha- I can't even keep the letters straight anymore. Has, let alone who's suing what. Have, have they started disbursing any of those funds yet? Or do we? No. Have they said no. if anybody no. has? Okay, so we're not even. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They, they you also have to remember that that eighteen million hasn't actually even been agreed upon. Like that's not even. It's a thing. yeah. It's not quite official yet. Like they're working on making it official, but it's not official yet. Yeah, if anything, that's basically being submitted to the courts and the courts still need to agree to it. So that's probably the reason why they're not even uh, expediting it is because it's not even a thing yet. Yeah, yeah, that makes, when you put it that way, that makes sense. Yeah, they're like, and then the other thing is like, they're, you know, I listen to another podcast. And we, if anyone is super interested in this, you should listen to this because it's an actual lawyer that talks about this called Opening Arguments. Anyway, he was actually talking about this and it basically was talking, saying that Yes, there were two attorneys that were working on the at the EOC that apparently didn't necessarily like exactly how the investigation was going. Then they worked with the, the DFEH a year in because remember the EOC was a three year investigation and the DFEH yep. was only a two year investigation. Well, two lawyers went over the DFEH and started working there, so that's that's part of the problem. And then the EOC is saying like, well, as it mentioned, yeah, you violated the you know particularly these uh, this conduct and it may actually impact their their case like it's uh it's kind of a problem but yeah totally we're going to see where the heck this is going because everything is just kind of up in the air in limbo right now but it's very weird so the important thing i want to know is how is the activision stock doing because that's the only thing that matters in all of this <laughs> yeah katie's doing the the, the roller coaster that is exactly what it's doing <laughs> ups and down and ups and down <laughs> Right, like it yeah. tanked. It tanked pretty bad for a while, but then it started. It looked like it started to get back up, and then apparently it's going down again. So I don't. I don't know. Might right. not be a bad time to invest if people are interested. I would say no. That's the one thing you don't want to do is to reward any of this behavior. Right. No, it's it's kind of funny because like. So those were like, they're like, oh, yeah, we can destroy files. I'm like, I feel like that just screams I'm super guilty because I'm destroying evidence. I'm like, I, I hate to say this, but like uh, in uh, right after like the Sour Fang cinematic, right? If you walk into Orgrimmar, you see a bunch of um, uh, Gallywix's lackeys. They're talking about burning papers and they're like running back and forth with papers on fire. And I'm like, that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, oh, no, like this is just so bad. <laughs> It, it doesn't necessarily scream that you're guilty. It just screams that there are maybe things 
potentially unrelated to anything that's going on here, but you may still have documentation of them that you just don't want people to know. And so, you know, you just want to sweep yeah. that under the rug and, and move on with your, your corporate lifestyle. Yeah, that's called being guilty. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if, like, do you, you think and your legal ease. Right? <laughs> like, do you think there's a possibility that they the developers put the whole Gallywix burning papers stuff in there as, like, a little, like, off-the-cuff, like, sassy nod to, like, some of the workings behind the curtain? Um, Because investigations I mean, were already going on at that point, I think. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, we will never know, and we can only speculate, but right. maybe. Like, yeah. But- yeah. It, yeah. It's such a standard, like, skeevy businessman trope anyway that it yeah. fits for Gallywix that... It really does. It, they could have just <laughs> does, been like, oh, yeah. no, this, this would make sense anyway. So, I mean, is it possible? Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, the, pro- the problem is we we have so little insight into the motives of the developers and th- what they put into the game or, or choose to take out, as has been the case lately, that, I mean, it's all, it's all speculation from our end. Yeah, it definitely is. Well, we will definitely keep talking about this, as always, and update you as more things happen. And try to keep things straight and follow the cluster. (laughs) (laughs) The absolute cluster. Anyways, should we should we get on to our main topic? Yes. Let's. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you what you what you talking about? Stuff. So stuff, yes. Lots and lots of stuff. Can I ask a question about that sound clip real quickly? Since D- did you have to edit out the Willis's or is it like a Mandela thing that I'm thinking he always said what you're talking about Willis and he doesn't actually say that? Oh, no, the, the, that's just how the uh, the sound clip came. I did not edit out the Willis. This is did he ever actually say what did. you're talking about Willis? Or oh, he I, does say Willis. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not. Does. Okay. Were, I'm not. This is not a fever dream. Do not worry. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> So the War of Warcraft, Lord, wow, bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> the, the Lore of Warcraft, why is that so hard to say? The Lore of Warcraft is vast and detailed, and the four of us really enjoyed discussing it, speculating, pontificating even. Throughout the course of Warcraft history, there have been many big events. There's also been a lot of small events, and though they may be small, choices made or actions taken can have big ramifications. So we're actually going to be talking about some of those today and having some fun and asking, what if things are different? For example, starters here, what if Anduin Lothar defeated Orgrim Doomhammer? <laughs> Lots of things would be different. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, I have some questions about this one that I would like to uh, first interject my, my thought process is um, okay let's set aside the whole Thrall talk to Ogrim and blah 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 because honestly I think Thrall's going to be setting the orcs free regardless but that Orgrim wasn't super critical to that in my opinion he was just like here have a hammer dude All right, go, go, I don't know. go for it Nick I, I, I just have a question before we get started What does defeat mean kill I'm going to go yes. So because that, that, okay. that's, that's ultimately, you know, the duel at Blackrock, you know, between the two sides, uh, you know, you know, Anduin Lothar and Orgrim Doomhammer, where Doomhammer ultimately uh, turned uh, turned Anduin's head into like a Gallagher watermelon. Uh, that's, I mean, he fights with the Doomhammer. What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> fair. Very fair. It's just very graphic. 
Um, yeah, we're just going to assume that, you know, he will be uh, removing Orgrim's head from his, his shoulders. And yeah, there you go. And then the orcs are going to go, ah, kind of like, you know, you, you know Turalyon's a little different, right? Turalyon knocked him down. He's like, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to miss you hit. I think actually the biggest impact in the story is Turalyon doesn't get that moment. Like that's, uh, you know, because that was like his big like, oh, I'm Turalyon now. Turalyon's like, no, oh, I'm hanging out with, with Mr. Lothar here. He's a, he's, he's a good dude. Yeah, I'm going to keep following his uh, leadership. So, I mean, if Turalyon never stepped up and became the super duper awesome, you know, you know, crazy I don't know, light bound dude that like is really into Zira. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. What, what, what could have possibly been different? I mean, if we're talking about Torellian, if like, if we go along that logic, like say the Alliance, like chased most of the forces through the dark portal, but then stopped, like that's an also a big thing. Like if Torellian didn't go through the dark portal and then got launch off on his whole like destiny journey, that would also be very different. Yeah, I don't. I just like I was trying to think of like if the alliance forces uh, were much stronger in this case because like you know rallying and that sort of thing. If that makes sense, I right. mean I guess they did anyway. But um, I don't know. Lothar is uh, is definitely a big piece on the metaphorical chessboard, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, the fact that he is not toppled is actually kind of a a huge like thing. There. Yeah. So Stormwind <laughs> doesn't get raised in this scenario. Then, well, it, it already was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This, this was the second war, right? So okay, okay, right, right. yeah. So ultimately, yeah. In the, you're, you're right, you're right, right. So in the, in the second war, and, and my main thought process is, okay, so we still have the alliance expedition beyond the dark portal, blah 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 blah. I think the only difference is Lothar's leading it. <laughs> Turalyon's not leading it. Lothar's leading it. So what would what would make that different? So Oof. well, does Illyria then fall for Turalyon, or does she wind up being attracted to Anduin? I mean, she's a windrunner, so it's going to be a human dude no matter what. Either way, sure. yeah. Yeah. But just saying. <laughs> I don't know if Anduin would have gone for her. That just mm. might make it more attractive, though. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Blood <laughs> triangle. I think at that point in the story, I think, and, I, and I, I, it's been a while since I read um, uh, Tides of Darkness, I think is where, where that one came from. So, it I think I think they were already kind of a thing already when Lothar was still kicking. <laughs> it wasn't beyond the dark portal when they when they uh, okay. became super lebedeve. It was um, yeah because uh, it, it kind of almost has to be if you think about it. If uh, if, if you throw um, um, Erator or whatever freaking you know their kid. Oh yeah right? yeah for oh, old, yeah. Yeah. old he is yeah. Right, so they pretty much already would have had to be, been a thing at that point, because um, he was born after they, uh, or before they went through through the dark portal. So, I think leaving Andu and Lothar alive is, is is probably the the craziest and wackiest thing, and it just I don't know. That's why I threw this in there. This, this is my question. If you couldn't tell by all of my my crazy meanderings and thoughts about it, because like I said, I, th- I think the two biggest thing is Turalyon doesn't become ah, right. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's perfect a description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, so it works. So then Anduin is part of the expedition. So then when they get locked over and lost for 30 years, we, we get a statue of him outside Stormwind in addition to the other five. Or does Turalyon not go 
No, I guess the Terrellian would still sure go, right? I'm sure Terrellian would go. Yeah. So we, I was going to so say, you wouldn't get the to, statue then, though. So we'd have a, an extra statue we'd have to account for out there, and then the entrance to Stormwind would look a little different. Maybe. Or, like, either he might replace uh, Terrellians because, you know, he's like the head honcho now instead of Terrellian who had to step up into that role. So, I don't know. So then, would that also mean, then, that means we would get Anduin Lothar back in the story eventually, like, later on down the road? It's very possible. Because, I mean, if you, think, if you think that Cadgar... Once they come back. Cadgar stuck like around. Like Lightforge. Cadgar was an old, old dude. He, I mean, he's not, but he is. Y- y- you know. <laughs> yeah. Because um, Lothar, at this point, I think, we, like, if you were to figure out his age, he, I think he was supposed to be in his 50s, right? Mm-hmm. He was he was an old guy. That's why he was the, the commander. He was he was quite old. Um. So, yeah, if I, if I did my math right, I think he was either in his late 40s, early 50s uh, during the Second War. So would we get him back? Very possible. But there, you know, maybe maybe the biggest thing here is that maybe maybe Turalyon just never got his light in the or his moment in the light, if you will. And that's where the biggest change came from. I don't know. Maybe maybe that just means that. uh <laughs> <laughs> Turalyon's not in, uh, really the, the you know, the uh, dominant force in the relationship, and it's much more Illyria, so. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, Turalyon definitely felt like, as much as we, you, you were joking about, like, Turalyon being very enamored with Zira, or at least, res- you know, not enamored, but, like, respectful of Zira and service to Zira, Zira also, like, felt like, you know, seemed to treat Turalyon like a favored child. and. Right. So I wonder if if Turalyon doesn't get to step up into that, then does that put Anduin in that position? So basically, we basically you kind of get the entire arc of say Legion, except it's Anduin and all the cinematics, except for Turalyon, and Turalyon's just kind of standing in the background, and we wind up doing who's an episode on who's that guy behind Anduin that nobody talks about. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure Anduin never had, and I could be wrong, but I thought I remembered him as being like almost purely a warrior. Like I don't yes, remember him wielding the light. Yeah, so yeah, just warrior. Um, which, I mean, this, and like, it doesn't mean that people aren't just like, ta-da, I suddenly wield the light because the clouds parted and now I have superpowers. Yeah. But, <laughs> Sorry. But, yeah, well, um, I mean, but you could, you could easily but, say that I, I'm pretty sure you can play a light bound, uh, a light bound Draenei as a warrior. So you could right, easily become, yeah. you know, a warrior in the, uh, you know, the army of the light, right? Then you'd like almost be a paladin then, like, you I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like how that would. I'm, I'm doing all these weird calculations in my brain, being like, "Well, if you wield the light and you smash things, doesn't that kind of make you a paladin? Unless you're just, you know, well, light forged." I think the main thing still. is that since you're light forged, you're just. To me, that is just how they explained that. <laughs> oh, uh, Trallin can live a thousand years now because he's right. He's light forged. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's how they basically explained <laughs> that. Well, that would also well, that- kind of have to be the only way that Anduin could live. I mean, if he's already 50 going in there and it's another 30 years before he comes back. I mean, I, I suppose he could potentially be 80, but he's not going to be swinging around a, you know, a, a hammer too much, too much at that age. I'm not saying that he couldn't. But, uh, yeah, but I, I, th- I think at that point, <laughs> he, he would have to. The series. He would have to be light forged to kind of justify him still running around being active or else. The other thing I could think is that maybe, you know, like he dies and then I guess we'd have, we'd just over, I don't know, somewhere on Argus. Oh, here's the, you know, go check out Anduin's grave or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that it could have huge impacts, but at the same time, the, the more we talk about it, it's like, 
I think the biggest impact to everyone is actually Turalyon. Turalyon, because since he wasn't the, he didn't have that huge moment of, you know, being like, oh, hell no, this isn't over. And then, you know, <laughs> fighting Ogrim, you know, after uh, Mr. Lothar already uh, softened him up for him. <laughs> right? well, after, after a thousand years of, you know, assuming that, uh, you know, in the thousand years of, of, uh, of war or, or whatever that, that uh, piece was, that if, it, if it's Ilaria, Turalyon, and Anduin all spending their time together fighting, uh, you know, fighting for the light, um, if you spend a thousand years in somebody's shadow, and actually, that's a very good pun I just made. You spent a thousand <laughs> years in somebody's shadow. Like, yes, aren't you going to get a little bit, you know, kind of like bitter towards the fact like, oh, you know, I could be leading this, but, but Anduin's there and, and you know, and I, I, I could be, I could be the guy, but I'm not. And especially then if he's got his void bound honey on the side, you know, kind of <laughs> the potential to, you know, whisper in his ear and, and start to corrupt him. Could we then see Turalyon possibly pulled to the dark, you know, pulled to the dark side, basically corrupted. Maybe. And now he and uh, Illyria are off doing something completely different. Well, I mean, I, I actually had a kind of different thought where it's possible you could do that. But since he is very paladin-y, right, he's super into light. He, you know, he was a priest before he even became paladin. He was the he was the. The odd man out where it was normally there were a knight that was very pious that then kind of learned to, to use the use the light he was the opposite he already knew how to use the light they're like this is a sword he's like i don't know how this works <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how it works to the point that he carries around one that's broken <laughs> exactly uh yeah and it's um for me i, I kind of thought it's like okay let's let's go down this path okay and Lothar, he lived maybe Turalyon is like yeah my boss is awesome and he just keeps sticking with him you know, and then let's just say the three of them go into the Thousand Years of War, right? I almost feel like at that point, Anduin Lothar would almost play the role of the balance priest, right? Yeah. Where, you know, Illyria is shadow, you know, Turalyon is, is straight up like, oh no, the light's the best. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, since, you know, this is like one of my favorite characters in all the lore, of course, I'm going to be like, he's like, no, 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 guys, it's fine. You both get it. You, you, you both bring solid stuff to the table and uh, I, I smash things. Right? <laughs> so, so yeah I mean I think I think we can make this work right this, this sounds like a good one say Turalyon so, becomes healer class just support <laughs> yeah that's, I mean yeah that's, that sounds good we all need a pocket healer every good warrior does it's true it's true so one last question about this so if Anduin lives what does Varian name his kid then we're gonna go with Anduin Rin because why wouldn't you <laughs> Why wouldn't you name <laughs> your kid? Name after him. Why wouldn't yeah. you name your kid, you know, Anduin after the guy who killed the, uh, you know, the war chief that was basically knocking down the doorsteps of taking the entire Eastern Kingdoms? Yeah. And basically he would have if Goldan didn't uh, betray everybody. Oh, there's a fun what if. What if Goldan didn't uh, betray them? Ooh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Man. It's not on the list. We can't talk about it. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> but I can add to the list and maybe we can, you know, episode 40. No, I mean, just keep going. Because you know, if Gold and didn't do it, I mean, I honestly think it's just the Horde wins. They yeah. take over. Yeah, that was always the implication. Yeah. So there you go. We figured it out, guys. The Horde wins. <laughs> <laughs> the Horde wins. Hey, the, the Horde go wins. And then in World of Warcraft, we only have one faction. So people aren't calling for cross-faction rating. Mm-hmm. See, and then it's great. We, and we, we don't. And we we don't need thrall. Thrall's just like internment camps. What's that? <laughs> oh, that's where we keep the humans. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I mean, well, I know this one isn't highlighted, but I just I 
I have my own speculations about this one. I just want to throw this one out here. So what if, what if Toronto actually chose Illidan over Malfurion? Okay, so I just I love this question because okay, let's play with this for a second. So I actually think that what would happen is not much would change, but the roles would be reversed, right? I think Malfurion would become the dark and moody, irritating, broody one, right? And it would completely change Night Elves and society from being all druidic to being super embracing the arcane, right? Because <laughs> that's what Illidan was into. He was he was all into the arcane. They would have been very similar to, for example, like the Nightborn. They would have, you know, they would have kept the their arcane under wraps. They would have understood, you know, kind of like how the the blood elves they they eventually. Oh, that's another fun one. They, you wouldn't have any blood elves because <laughs> the Highborn never would have said. Peace, we're gone. If anything, you would have had blood elves that were super druidic. <laughs> Although, I guess that's one of those, like, what point in the story would she be choosing, like, Illidan, right? Because, like, if it's early on in the story, it makes a big rippling change, as opposed right. to if it's, like, after the war, right? Because, like, Illidan was already starting to mess with um, uh, fell magic and demonic stuff, like, partway into War of the Ancients, so I'm kind of like, Well, I mean, where, the, the you know, assumption is that she effectively chose Malfurion before the War of the Ancients even really kicked off, right? Where right? So I'm just you, saying, like, what if she's like, eh, I'm kind of swapping sides. Like, this guy's all into nature. He doesn't take a shower, and I'm like, you know, this this guy with the tattoos. This is where it's at. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they might have been better off in the in the long run. I mean, if, you, if they went down that path, because honestly, there's nothing wrong with it with the arcane. It's just you, you gotta you gotta maintain it. You gotta you get some order around it. Um, because what's really funny, I was thinking about it. It's like, yeah, maybe she would actually have a husband that didn't go to sleep for like thousands of years. Oh, right? Well, that's that's the thing. Why does she have to choose? Just let Malfurion go to sleep, and now you've got time for a side piece. <laughs> oh dang! Isn't that the Sandra Bullock so- movie? <laughs> Mm. The sleeping Clint. side piece? What? <laughs> the sleeping side piece. <laughs> the sleeping side piece. <laughs> While you were sleeping, but <laughs> While you were sleeping. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I've seen that movie. Totally. The sleeping side piece. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the title. <laughs> the sleeping side piece. Um, so then, so I have a question then. If, if, if Tronda does choose him early, mm-hmm. right? So since he doesn't have to be so angsty because he actually has his love and whatever, would he have still gone down a similar path? No, I don't think so. Would he have taken all that time to research the arcane because he actually had his love? You know, would he have done the whole, you know, demon hunter stuff and whatnot because he was actually happy in life with Tyrande? Doesn't Doesn't he become more insufferable, though, because... Like, okay, like he's insufferable now because he didn't get what he wanted, but you can also be very insufferable because you got what you wanted. Like, oh, I can do whatever mm-hmm. I want because I got the lady bit my back and I get everything else. And I'm just going to keep collecting what I want. So I, I, could I, be. I don't that know if be. he necessarily yeah. goes the demon hunter route because he, he's, you know, he doesn't need that. He doesn't have the same sense of like desperation, but he's still going to, I think like sacrificing people or whatever to, to achieve his goals. He's just going to take what he wants and, and just be a complete ass about it. Like I was going to say, I still think there's some some of that, like, I don't want to say lust for power, but, like, the desire to possess power. Like, I, I, I feel like that's kind of a core component of his personality. That Malfurion, like, Malfurion's just like, hey, man, like, everything's pretty chill until, you know, uh, you know, Darkshore gets invaded by the Horde. And then I just, you know, 
then we see angry night elves again, which was a refreshing turn of events. But, you know, like, at this point, it's Malfurion and Illidan are pretty different personality-wise. Like, even if we don't throw out Tyrande in the mix, like, you know, Illidan's like, ah, I'm not really yeah. about all that nature stuff. So it would be kind of interesting. I think it'd be really funny if uh, Illidan basically was like, okay, yeah, we're, we're totally into this. This is awesome. We like the magic. We like the arcane. You know who's actually got a really good point? Hmm. You know, Queen of Shara. I mean, why not? I mean, uh, we should uh, we should go see uh, what uh, what she's got to say. I mean, obviously, my buddies with the Highborn, they're, uh, they seem to be fine with it. Maybe we should just go give her, uh, give her the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> and, and if, you, if you figure that Illidan and, and Taranda are like the ruling couple of the Night Elves, then, I mean, they're going to view themselves as a monarch on the same level as Ashara, and they should be either working with her or, you know, that they can overtake her. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that would be a, a ton of fun if um, you kind of reverse the roles a little bit where Malfurion becomes super dark and broody and he almost becomes like the, what is it, you'd, what it would be like the, you know, like the Drustvar version of a, of a druid where he, he rather than just like, oh, happy-go-lucky, I cast tranquility, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, See, decay, uh, rot. <laughs> right. I, just, I just don't think Malfurion has that, like, you, don't, you don't get to be, because we, we saw we saw he didn't get dark and angsty when uh, when Toronto was in trouble in uh, in uh, in uh, uh, I can't think of his own uh, Valshara. You know he's just like Toronto, like he well, wasn't like all like Toronto, like no he. I think if anything, he's he's just gonna mope his way back to Scenarius and just like rededicate himself to being a <laughs> druid and just be like super druid. Well, as I much mean, as he's not super druid yeah. now, he'll be like more super druid. Yeah, but at the same time, you have to, you have to remember that. Um, he almost destroyed both sides of the of the, the army during the War of the Ancients because he got sad and he made a big rainstorm uh, because he's really sad because he thought Toronto was dead. All right. So he's got the moodiness in him because remember, this is like, you know, 40 year old, um, you know, Malfurion versus like 10,000 some odd year Malfurion. Which, you know, emotional development in Night Elves, it's, you'd think they'd be a little bit more stable, but whatever. I mean, he slept through most of it, so. That's true. <laughs> he's just going to get super depressed. It's just going to start raining, and he's just going to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And, I, and, and, you know, if Illidan got everything he wanted, like you said, he probably would become an insufferable ass, and he would basically just be like Xavius 2.0. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or Kael'thas. Yeah. Except they would be. Yeah, they yeah. would meet because they would be Kael'thas. Oh yeah, and there you go. He he probably would go. I mean, because that's the thing. Sargeras burnt out his eyes, become all like, like demon hunter. Maybe he just hang out with Xavius, and he, now he's got black eyes because he got super magic black eyes like Xavius had. There you go. Let's mess up his eyeballs again, just in a different way. <laughs> like when at some point they still go the same demon route and have the invasion because everyone's like, you know, the the quest for power of the arcane because that's one of the things about the arcane arts, right? Is like, everyone's like, oh yeah, well, like, so let's see how far we can push this envelope and inevitably someone will always push it too far. Like we've seen this multiple times in World of Warcraft, not just for the night elves, but we've also seen the humans do it as well. So it's one of those things like, would would the Legion still wind up invading even if Illidan wound up with Tyrande? And then what would that look like? like oh yeah, they would definitely still invade. And honestly, they might've won. <laughs> they might've, yeah. Illidan's whole thing, though, was that he kind of like needed to infiltrate the Legion in order to defeat them. 
that he kind of like needed to pretend to be on their side because he couldn't take them in a frontal assault. And even if he knows that he's got the, you know, if he's leading the night elves, he might still think that. And so does he kind of give the keys to the kingdom over to Sargeras knowing like, I have to do this now so that I can protect everybody later. Kind of like, you know, some kind of deal with the devil situation. Kind of like Elisand. Yeah. Hmm. It's possible. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah. Although it's one of those where it's like, would it, like how would it, how different would it look if like the entirety of Night Elf society? I don't know. Not that they had anticipated it coming, but like if we think about them shaping and changing differently, so they're not as integrated with nature, but they're more integrated with the arcane. It's like would common civilians be more prepared for this? Like would things have turned out differently? And I mean, often, I'm really like. The hypoth- like the hypothetical situation of the Legion invading is like it depends on when they invade because things could be very different depending on when that happened. Like if it was sooner or much later, or and then we don't have Naga and Katie's upset because I like the Naga. Yeah, you probably <laughs> wouldn't have any Naga. Well, maybe. Or everyone would be Naga. I don't know well, because yeah, if I they mean, lost, could, everyone would be some, Naga. You could still possibly have some Naga because I mean it definitely seems like um, some Illidan would probably do, which is like. <laughs> You know, he's like, oh, I got my hands on a on a dragon soul slash demon soul and I'm going to blow something up. But I don't know if he would accidentally blow up the well of eternity because he really liked the well of eternity. How how much does Illidan love Tyrande or I, I guess as opposed to, I guess, loving the idea of having Tyrande? Because mm-hmm. I could see him getting to a point where he's powerful enough that Ashara would then look at him and say, like, or, you know, that Ashara might look at him and say, OK, like, you're. You know, you're not Sargeras, and, you know, we know she loves Sargeras, but that he might think, okay, it's time for me to team up with her and, and leave Tyrande behind. Does he, I guess, does he love Tyrande more than he loves the power? Or, you know, would he, would he, would he be devoted to Tyrande and the whole time he's bringing her along? And I guess, is she, at some, is she going willingly along with all of this? Or at some point is a loon screaming in her ear, like, your boyfriend's a dick. Stop that. <laughs> Maybe. I hadn't considered the Elune factor there. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those where, like, again, we've seen Tyronda be able to go down a very dark path, which is the one she's kind of on at the moment. But it's like, I don't know. Now I'm doing all the thunking. There's a lot of thunks here. (laughs) Elune cuts off Tyronda's power because she's going down the wrong path. And that out of desperation, Tyronda consumes a demon in order to get more magic power. Yeah, there you go. Right. I was going to say, like, she just completely changes her magic instead of uh, being uh, a light priest. She's going to go total shadow. Does Tyrande become Demon Hunter? Well, no, let's change it yeah, up Yeah, that'd more. be pretty sweet, right? Here we go. So we Here still we get go. Demon Hunters, just with Tyrande Demon Huntress. Huntress, yes. I got to do a better one. I got to do a better one. Okay. So Tyrande clearly picks Illidan, right? That's probably a bad choice, right? As we can see, not a, not a good thing. So maybe Elun sees that, oh, oh, okay, um, Tyrande, not necessarily, uh, what I was thinking, all right, not necessarily the best. So, uh, the new high priestess is Maiev, not Tyrande, because Maiev was actually the next in line. So, that could be an, an awful fun little pickle to get yourself into. <laughs> mm, yeah. I can't imagine her as a priestess. Nope. Well, I mean, this that- is, she was. Before, like, before she I, was, uh, I, I get that. I just can't imagine it now. <laughs> it's it, smell, it sounds like she smokes like nine packs a day. That's the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> okay, that was not my reason, but that's fair. <laughs> She's very angry. 
I don't know. She was probably super nice back in the day before she got super angsty and like, well, she actually wasn't super nice. She was very bitter <laughs> when, uh, when Toronto got picked. She was bit. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think that would be pretty awesome if, uh, yeah, the new the new power couple is uh, Jared and Maya's shadow song are ruling as a uh, brother and sister. They're not actually a couple. They're just brother and sister. <laughs> gonna say or now it's like really game of thrones you up in here do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole oh, no. other topic mm, yeah all right well that's a fun one i mean you got any, any other weird wacky ideas to throw into the mix here because well, the only other thing i could think is that the other way is that it could go is that knowing that illidan is potentially a chosen one ultimately Maybe Alun is actually encouraging all of this, and she's like, "No, stay with stay with your 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 dumb boyfriend because he's like someday he's going to come out of this funk and he's going to be be super powerful." Um, although maybe once he's gone down the wrong path, maybe that changes the whole thing. I don't know how when, it, with the what if timeline. I don't know how the prophecies all hold up and whatnot, and whether uh, he ever you know gets to be that golden version of Illidan that he would have been. Um, so yeah, maybe not. That'd be interesting if he actually fulfilled like that particular destiny and became like golden light forged Illidan at the end of the path instead of I am my scars, Illidan. Yeah, so. instead of I am my scars, he's like, scars, I don't have any scars. My skin is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't touch anything. I use magic to do everything. <laughs> so I had to see me floating through the room. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Illidan is ruined for me now. Thank you for that. <laughs> He's so powerful. He just, it's, you know, played D&D. He just mage hands everything. Mage hand. Give me the remote. Mage hand. Mm, give me the, I need a snack. Mage hand. <laughs> the, going with the whole Zero thing, kind, kind of off topic, but also not. What if he actually said yes to Zara? Oh, Right? Okay. But also, would he still be as emo or would he be like happy? Does getting light infused make you like a happier person? I don't think so. I think Illidan is just salt at this point, but I'm not sure. No, I mean, maybe. I mean, it could be. I mean, if they really heal the scars, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the equivalent of like, you know, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep. You just you're just kind of a nice person. You're just like, wow. I didn't realize I had arthritis. Oh, man, I feel so much better. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Could you just imagine Illidan having this super forced smile and be like, hello, adventurers. And you're like, oh, this is wrong. And it feels weird. And now I'm just going to leave. I mean, that's the thing. Or maybe if he just... Because ultimately, friggin' Illidan rejected the prophecy because he's like, there can be no chosen one. We have to do it. But it's like... Pfft. Come on, it's not like you can't get help even if you're the chosen one. Come on now, buddy. So maybe he's just like, hey, I'm the chosen one and my buddies, right? So <laughs> it's not like he's going to charge in there like he's a medieval or something going like, I'm the guardian and I do it all myself. No, he's just going to be like, hey, <laughs> it's Sargeras. Like, I'm not, I'm powerful. But I'm not that powerful. Let's, let's go get him, guys. Yeah. Maybe instead well, of beating been- the jailer of, uh, of the Sar- Sargeras, maybe you just beat him up. Well, given that Illidan was able to take out Zira himself, was he really getting that much more power from her? I mean, I guess like, you know, in in this case, it's it's a situation of like power competing against each other. And so it's a bit subtractive versus power as an additive concept. Um, But 
I mean, I guess what, what power level could Zira have pushed him to? Would he, you know, like you said, would he have been able to stand up to Sargeras a bit more? I mean, he's already standing up to Sargeras. I, I think That's the presumption is, down. well, yeah, <laughs> but no, but the, the presumption, the presumption though, is that like, you know, we're going to, the Illidan's not dead that, you know, we didn't leave him in that chamber to die. And, and so I, I just wonder like, what, what would that additional power, how would that additional power have changed anything? Is it, it seems, I would guess it's marginal when you're up against the the force of a Titan. Does he make, does he make the Argus fight that much easier? Does he just storm in and take everybody out and, and, you know, basically straight up stop Sargeras or, or it's, it's, does he still wind up in that room and it's just, he's got a little, you know, a little extra boost going in. I mean, if he becomes light forged, does he have other demon hunters? Like, does he give them the option to become light forged as well? Cause that would be also be kind of cool. Yeah. Light forged demon hunters. Because they would, I guess they would be. They'd just be like light forged hunters. Yeah, I don't know. Just like that. that I'm going. Like, That'd be cool. No, I'm picturing <laughs> Probably that. Probably not very practical. No, I'm picturing a very different I beam. It's just like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like when it's super Pure light. I was gonna say it's super dark in the kitchen. You open your fridge. You're like, oh god. It's pretty much what I'm imagining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, it seems to me that Illidan just would have been. I don't, I don't. I don't know if that would have changed much, other than Turali wouldn't have tried to cut him. <laughs> <laughs> True, probably. True. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's just one of those things that we don't really know what the real implications of are yet, because it's like supposedly we're supposed to find out something about URL eventually. I don't know. I feel like I heard that somewhere. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, it says somewhere, but that was also pre. Pre-COVID, <laughs> when they're like pre-COVID, <laughs> pre-lulls pre, pre and pre—you know—dry spells and whatnot. So who knows? Mm. Yeah. So maybe we still don't know what the, the total fallout of uh, him rejecting the gift was yet. Other than you know, he he made a he made a you know a crystalline shower. <laughs> <laughs> I was mad. Do you know how long it took me to put this thing together? <laughs> Ten thousand years. <laughs> yeah so. all right well let's let's we got more questions so let's let's move oh, on a bit more. here so many what if what if lord godfrey managed to kill sylvanas okay so i like this one um mostly because it it would leave at this point it would leave the forsaken in a very vulnerable state like sylvanas does a really good job in the cataclysm kind of trying to protect her people from garrosh yeah Garrosh literally uses them as fodder in multiple points in the story because he's a giant jerk face. Um, so it'd be interesting to kind of see what happens to them. And one of my thoughts is like uh, the Forsaken and the um, the Blood Elves have a, a tenuous relationship, but that's mostly because of Sylvanas. So it's like, would they then either try... Because the Forsaken are actually the, the bastion that kind of guards um, the Blood Elves from a lot of uh, bad things, right? Like they right. have that uh, alliance and they since the Forsaken forces are much larger canonically than the Blood Elves, they're able to protect them. So I'm like, would the Forsaken then like move up into uh, Blood Elf territory and like the Dead Scar and stuff? Or like, you know, what would happen? Because like there's suddenly their leadership is gone and a lot of people don't like them, leaving them very vulnerable. I'm like, what, you know, who would take over? And at this point, Lillian Voss, you know, has just become a Forsaken. So right. she wouldn't be an option for them. She's not ready. Yeah. No, no. Well, I mean, she's, at that point in the story, she's still grappling with the fact that she's been resurrected. So right. it completely changes the playing field of the Forsaken. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to think, like, there has to be, like, 
there has to be somebody to step up and fill that vacuum. Even if Garrosh picks a, a Forsaken that he knows would be loyal to him or at least not question him using the Forsaken as cannon fodder and he, he appoints him, um, which may very well be Nathanos, uh, who, you know, because he's, you know, notable, you know, affable, great guy. Uh, you know, I'm sure he would have no problem, uh, you know, sacrificing some of the, the, the lesser Forsaken there if he... I don't uh, think if, this if, is if you thought that, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, so with Nathanos, this is one of those where, uh, and I could be wrong. I think at this point in the story in Cataclysm, he hasn't gotten his new body. No. Uh, and he so, hasn't. cause his, his old body was deteriorating pretty badly. Like he, he was having, from what I understand and what I remember, he was having like trouble getting around. Like he wouldn't be the fit Nathanos that we have today that's definitely ready to go out on the battlefield. Uh, and like Sylvanas obviously can just lead the charge on the battlefield. Right. So it'd be, it'd be well, difficult to have a leader that wouldn't be he, able to potentially fight or would be very I'm, I'm fragile. Not, I'm not talking about somebody like running into battle, like le- leading the charge. I'm talking somebody in particular more serving as an emissary to Garrosh, you know, somebody who gets to stand in Gromash hold uh, and he's get, like a quest giver when you're like level 35. I feel um, like you'd want battle armor if you're going to go anywhere near Garrosh and you're a forsaken because <laughs> he'd just be like, he'd trip you and you'd fall down the stairs and just like explode into a pile of bones. You'd be like, oops. You jerk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, regardless of who is going to step up and lead the Forsaken, I mean, I think the biggest issue is, okay, you just whoop, pluck Sylvanas right out of the story uh, right there in the middle of Cataclysm, basically. So uh, you can kind of just follow along and go, okay, what, next with a Miss Pandaria, I believe. Not a lot of change there. Mm. Eh, no, <laughs> we don't defeat Galacrass. That's the problem. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure someone could... The rebellion falls apart though. right on the shore. <laughs> the banter was key. Uh, no, it saved I mean, that fight. That's the thing. I, I played as an alliance, and it was it was Jaina and Varian. So I mean, we're just gonna that's fair. We're just gonna that's, assume that, it was Jaina and Varian. That's fair. Okay, that makes sense. That makes okay. sense. So yeah, and then Warlords of Draenor, not a lot, and then we get what Legion, I believe, is next. Hmm. Okay, lots of changes there. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I, that's where it really starts to hit. I almost wonder, though, if Garrosh didn't have Sylvanas' opposition, because she was one of the ones that really, I mean, besides everyone becoming very turned against him, like, I don't know, it, it, it changes some of the, the scope of what happens in, like, Silverpine. You know, like, all of the, the forces and things that happen out there, like, would... I'm trying to figure out if, like, some her suddenly not being there anymore... If it changes how some of the forces, uh, Garrosh's forces become aligned and that sort of thing. Um, but we can skip to Legion also because that's a much more interesting well, part even, of the foray than me puzzling this out. Even before we jump to Legion, one thing that changes is that Gen is not such a hard ass because Liam lives. Yeah. Well, oh. no, well, he, he doesn't. No, no. He because Godfrey yeah. was... Uh, Alive. That's true. Yeah. Still, I believe. Yeah. Actually, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Godfrey would totally. Yeah. Godfrey could totally wind up leading the Forsaken in this scenario. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, like that's one of those. I thought I mean, about he, it, but like, yeah, I don't know. Makes I don't sense. know. If he's the one who killed uh, Sylvanas, then he'd just be like, "What's up? I mean, you leave now." Maybe. would probably be at least open to working with him because, like, oh, you took her out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like may- maybe he Garrosh really doesn't like the Forsaken, and he doesn't like the scheminess of the Forsaken. So he'd no, probably be he, like, "Okay, well, then does Vol'jin work with Godfrey?" Uh, 
I feel like no. He's like, dude, you killed somebody, and he's like, yeah, and like so maybe like, and the horde's kind of like we just leave the forsaken alone for a while, right? And leave them to their own devices. Which, if Godfrey's in charge of the forsaken, that could be a very different outlook for them, like going forward. If that makes sense, because he's very schemey. Well, I guess the funny like thing the- is, is if you if we just you know use the fun example of Godfrey killed Sylvanas because technically he did. Right. Right. She, he did kill her. You yep. just have to play with the fun example of, okay, she doesn't have the nine or the nine didn't, you know. Maybe she's right. just been hanging out there with the jailer the whole time. <laughs> so, well, we, well, we know that the jailer has part of her already at that point. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So, yeah, she goes to the mall and she's with the jailer. And now she's just, you know, she, I think she's in a position to be even more manipulated by the jailer because she's going to be super pissed that she died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a weird one because it's like, in order for Lord, okay, let's just you know everything before that moment was the same, okay? So she got the nine, she jumped off ice crown, da, 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 right? All that it just means that Lord Godfrey killed her like eight times. Pow! <laughs> <laughs> he camped her corpse <laughs> every single time. You know, one of the Valkyrie like, oh, okay, let me bring it back. Pow! <laughs> <laughs> I can see him doing that. <laughs> Well, I think yeah. it gets interesting, too, because if you consider everything that has gone since then in in terms of not just Lee and Legion and, you know, would the questions of would Varian still have died? And if you go forward to even Shadowlands, how does not having if, if Sylvanas is like dead, dead, how does that impact the Jailer's plans? Would we even have Battle for Azeroth? Like... <sighs> Would, you know, the forces, you know, all that whole arc, right? Of like burning down Teldrassil. Like, would all of yeah, that have would, happened? Yeah, because check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. Here, here's how. All right, all right. Okay, so Muzala, right? Because you get you got a couple things. You got to have Legion, got to have Legion. And right. you got to have some some issues with the communication, right? Someone was up on the ridge. They evacuated. Maybe they just had a, a blimp pick them up or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> so instead of the Valkyries or whatever. Um, so they, they evac and, and, and Varian still dies and blah, 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 blah. So let's play along that that happened. But let's just go with the uh, the idea that Muzala would have been like, okay, hey, Vol'jin, Gallywix. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There you now have a goblin. It's <laughs> a charge of the horde. So yes, you still have BFA. And can you imagine him jumping out there? For the horde! <laughs> I think that the <laughs> rest of the people... Sta- I think that the rest of the horde leadership standing there when uh, Vol'jin was dying, they're like, okay, Sylvanas, odd choice, but I see it. Right. But with, with the Gallywicks, that's the kind of thing where I feel like everybody else kind of huddles, and then they're they like, just like put they just put a pillow over Vol'jin's face real quickly, like, let's just end this now, and then <laughs> they just take Gallywicks out back and... Like you never see either of them ever again. Can you imagine? Right. I just love the whole idea of you know Jaster or whatever. Just like <laughs> you wanted to see me, boss. <laughs> <laughs> just I mean, he'd probably roll in in like an actual like motorized vehicle or something. He's like, hey, what's going on, everyone? People wanted to see me. Like all the fanfare. Like a, there's two goblins that roll on a red carpet in front of him. Like it just gets and then Volge is like over there dying. It's like I didn't understand what they were talking about. Right. <laughs> what is it? Gallywix. And I was like, Gallywix. And I was like, dude, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. 
Yeah. And I said to the lower, what? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, really. like, oh, yeah. have you seen me like obviously i'm the right choice here i am man <laughs> for the job and i'm like didn't you you know sink all of kazan he's like ah, that happened a while ago it's fine man, it's fine the, the other side cap- would have been a very different dungeon it wouldn't have been <laughs> oh, yeah i made sylvanas war chief with a whisper it would have been and then I made Gallywick's the war chief with a very long, drawn-out conversation because he didn't believe me at first. <laughs> he just—he wouldn't take the answer. He just you know kept how hard going. Really? Him. <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> I mean, it, it would be interesting though, because the, the horde would be very different if it was like Bane, right? You know, instead of <laughs> Gallywick's would be a hilarious choice. But I can't imagine Muldoon would be like, look at Godfrey, would be like. That guy seems like the next logical choice. Even if the lower are whispering in his ear, he'd be like, Right. No, that guy seems pretty. I mean, like, I'm dying here and probably a little delirious, but that still feels like a pretty big no. So his pool of candidates is getting pretty small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. This is, this is the greatest idea ever. Uh, we should have done this. This, so, this sounds like so much better version of uh, Battle for Azeroth. I, I like this so much better. <laughs> it it would have been really interesting. I'm just, I'm just picturing like a like the revamp version of the Battle for Azeroth cinematic, where it's like, God, what does Savannah say? It's like, we've forgotten what makes us strong. And just imagine if it's like, yeah, we've forgotten what makes us strong. <laughs> money. No, we, we've forgotten. What, yeah, we've forgotten what makes us money. More money. Now get out there and kill people. War makes us money. It's kind of true. <laughs> it, it is. I mean. That's, dude, that's all- how you get the war. He just wants more money. He just wants to keep, uh, you know, funding the military industrial complex and just keep raking in more money and more money and more money. <laughs> I mean, that's what the goblins did in War One and Two. So yeah, it is. So there you go. I think. I think that yeah, that's how you get Battle for Azeroth, and then Shadowlands. Sylvanas just shows up. I'm back, and you're like, what? <laughs> it's like, who are you? It's like, hey, I'm the so, person that a random NPC in a dungeon killed. It. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing. <laughs> don't. I don't want to talk about it. You killed me eight times in a row. Very rude. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a question then. All right, if Say we don't have Savannah around for BFA hmm. and maybe the tree doesn't burn down, whatever. We're not gonna talk about that, but well, we can. But what if, like, Gally in totally the <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I don't but know what that. if, what, what if in before the storm, Savannah isn't there to stop the Forsaken from bonding with their loved ones mm-hmm. and even going back with them? Do we eventually end up getting Forsaken in the Alliance? I wouldn't say in the Alliance because the Alliance are a bunch of, <clears throat> let's humans. just say they don't have very open minded. <laughs> They're like, if, if you're not, you know, like, what was it? It's like, if you're not perfect, then you can't join us. Cause they're like, ah, oh, elves. Nah, you can't join us. Even though you were our allies at one point in time, I have a very jaded um, view of the Alliance and their acceptance criteria. Cause they're a bunch of jerks. Uh, come uh, on now. Come on now. That's just, uh, that's just very in Rin when he was talking to the Worgen. Oh wait. That's or, super you recent. know, like <laughs> blowing up the ship filled with goblins that were fleeing from Kazan because they're like, no witnesses. And they're just like chugging along. They're like, help, our island's on fire. And then they're like, we're just going to murder these people who we don't even know what they're doing out here. <sighs> anyway. Uh, so humans th- were great, right? 
I don't yeah. play it. Yeah, I play it to work. There's a reason well, why. <laughs> it would be interesting for Forsaken, right? Because canonically, there are probably uh, non-humanoid Forsaken. Um, and it'd be interesting if, like, if Forsaken are allowed back. Is it only the ones that are re- directly related to someone? And right. I feel like... I feel like a lot of people are uh, still very wary of the Forsaken. Like, no matter how either, like, whole they look or, you know, whatever it is, like, people are like, oh, that person doesn't have an eye socket and they're, like, shambling around. Like, I feel like it would just cause a lot of alarm for normal citizens regardless, uh, and I feel like they wouldn't be accepted very hang readily. Hang out with slaughtered lamb. What are you talking about? It'll be fine. <laughs> the, the drink just goes through the jaw <laughs> onto the floor. <laughs> they try. Yeah, they're just down there in the basements with the warlocks. They're like, yeah, we just, this is where we live now. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is where we live. Yeah. Well, yeah. should think? we move on to the next one? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, well, we, 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 let's, let's, let's go. Let's go to the next one because we keep pontificating about what would happen with Sylvanas if she was already dead. Easily. Then because oh, yeah. we still don't even know what the heck's going to happen to her. And she's apparently locked up with Bolvar right now. Neat. Yay. So, yeah. So, next up, what if the Alliance never set up the orc, in- orc internment camps? Gen would have been very happy, right? Because True. he wouldn't have to keep paying money and because he didn't like the taxes. And he'd have been like, he still would have been a... Uh, so, uh, ultimately, what would have happened is the orcs, uh, they would have killed him. Right? We could kill the orcs because what else are you going to do with them? Um, and then Gin never would have left the Alliance. And so Norwegian, so Norwegian, um, and then we probably would have lost the third war. So well, there you go. Well, what if instead of killing the orcs, you know, they need to put them somewhere and rather than putting them in these internment camps all over, what if they just, I don't know, found sort of an isolated area Calendor. that they could put them in and then maybe just, you know, built a wall and they could lock the key. So they just relocate all the humans out of Gilneas and then throw the orcs in there, build the wall. <laughs> and then that's just where the orcs are, are trapped now. Now that's we another internment camp. That doesn't count. It's even better. It's even better because now you have worgen orcs. Works. Works. We would have druidic orcs. Mm, it'd be beautiful because they could. They would work. That it'd be pretty cool to watch a, an orc turn into like a warg. It'd be pretty neat. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, because the the organ, organ tournament camps that was at the end of the Second War. That was several years before um, the thing. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, Arthas and Jaina never would have had their fun adventure to go look at the orc internment camp. So uh, they wouldn't have that because there wouldn't have been no orc internment camp. No one really right. knew about Kalimdor until Medivh in the Third War, so they didn't know about Kalimdor to ship him off there. But apparently they knew about Northrend. There you go. They shipped him to Northrend. That's what they did. <laughs> because that Send wasn't a thing. Storage. No one, no one questioned it when they're when like Malganus was like, "I'm gonna go to the frozen shores of Northrend." Arthur's Wood didn't go where. <laughs> that would have been true, hilarious. True. <laughs> Just gets out a map. It's like I don't. Where where right. is Northrend? It's like it's probably north, it's sire. Probably, it's, oh. north. Hmm. it's north rend. Rend slightly <laughs> like, north this of, way. North of where though? Yeah. So uh, yeah. Let's, What's north let's, of Northrend? Yeah. So they they just sorry. shipped them all into Northrend, and then you would have had uh, blue orcs. There you go. I mean, frost wolves. Oh. They would have been able to help the orcs survive up there. Well, well the, the, the frost wolves were kind of in hiding. 
right? Yeah. They, no one but, really knew about where they were. If the frost wolves knew that like the orcs were being shipped north, they'd be like, okay, well, maybe we can go meet up with the rest of our people and go like colonize this way. Because I don't think that they want to be like, we're just going to stay in hiding forever and wait till the humans find us and then murder all of us. Well, you, you send the orcs up to Northrend. They have the trolls in Zuldrak. Mm-hmm. They have the Tonka. So what's to stop them from sort of forming the horde up there and basically instead of what they kind of going through the the motions over in Kalimdor they wind up going through the putting the paces up in uh, in Northrend there they kind of unite they go across the you know the south there to get the Tonka over in uh, across Dragon Blight and over into uh, the Borean uh, Tundra and then they've got uh, they're up into Zoldrak and they just kind of start unifying all of those forces yeah I mean it would have been a very different uh, little spirit quest for Thrall they'd have been like dude yeah. wake up you need to go, um, wait, your people. Wait, wait. Who did you set free? Oh, wait. Hmm. You were just a slave to Blackmore. Blackmore didn't have his crazy idea plan of leading the orcs to take over some. I mean, maybe Blackmore just takes over the Eastern Kingdoms like he uh, he supposedly did in uh, that weird alternate reality in um uh, of, Twilight, of Twilight of the Aspects, uh, I believe, is where the, that version of oh, Blackmore no, yeah. uh, came from. Yes, yeah, that's what happened. So, what if what if they do the Northrend Horde, but they're also able to help the Nerubians fight off the Scourge? So then you have like Spider People. The, yeah, the Nerubians take the place of the Forsaken. I love Nerubians. We should be able to play them. <laughs> I vote for this horde. This sounds cool. Because then also the um, I think some of the trolls might not have gotten into all of the. Um, the death magic, like they might, maybe, might not have been sacrificing their Loas uh, and doing all that stuff if they had gotten, like, you know, if they had gotten allies. Like, if we had done this, like, boy band early on, it might have really changed how a lot of the, a lot of it looked, actually. If you go into, when we come into Northrend later, if that makes sense. Yeah, because. Yeah. The orcs being in internment camps had no bearing on the. <laughs> Had no bearing on Arthas, you know, doing his whole vision quest going up to Northrend. Hmm. I think that's just the biggest hilarious change. So let's go with the idea that, all right, internment camps, like what was a cheaper option? And they just shipped him north, right? They're like, just stick him up there. I think that, I think Arthas would have had a very interesting experience when he got up there and there was just a, a thriving right? metropolis of a bunch of orcs living up there now. And he's like, well, why did Morganis decide to come here? <laughs> I wonder if he got his ass kicked by all these orcs. <laughs> Mm. Does Morganis even account for the orcs in that situation? Or does he have to like go around them, like <laughs> sail all, sail along around Northrend and go into Ice Crown from the top? I'm sure. So so here's the thing. The orcs, I'm sure if they were thinking, thinking things straight, they would have set up shop in Grizzly Hills because Grizzly Hills is the best, right? So, yes. It is. It's, it's got all the lumber that they're always talking about. They always talk about need, they need more lumber. Yeah. <laughs> work, work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm fairly certain that they would just would have set up shop in either um, probably mostly Howling Fjord and or Grizzly Hills, that kind of area. Right? And yeah, I, yeah, they just would have been become buddies with the Vrykel, I guess. Hmm, there you go. Sounds pretty awesome to me. I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to think, like, what the heck? What, I honestly think the biggest change is um, Blackmore wouldn't have had his crazy idea of creating the super uber army of orcs to take over. So. <laughs> Thrall just would have escaped one day. He just would have been like, go find your people up north. 
Do we know what happened to Blackmore's soul? I mean, I guess presumably he would have gone to Revendreth, right? Probably the maw. The guy was awful. (laughs) (laughs) Straight to the maw. (laughs) But no, we don't I feel like, I mean, the orcs are kind of... You know, they, they're, they're an army of much more than just the orcs now, but they're, you know, they're kind of like 50% of Azeroth's forces at this point. So he kind of wasn't far off in his vision. He just didn't foresee, like, the Alliance also, like, rising to match him. Could we, you know, could could Blackmore somehow come back and kind of take over the Horde? I guess that's what I'm asking. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about taking over. I feel like there's some strong personalities in there that wouldn't let that happen. It'd be through manipulation. You wouldn't. You wouldn't just show up and be like, "I'm, I'm the war chief now." But- <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I'm the war chief now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't think of anything else to add to, add to this one. I mean, Katie. I, I mean, I had a thought because um, I was on while you guys were talking. I was trying to figure out because uh, I don't remember exactly which zone. Supposedly, Arthas found Frostmourne in, but it's like depending on where the orcs landed, if they had landed in that zone and one of them had found Frostmourne before Arthas had gotten to it, I'm like, how would that have changed things? Then suddenly you're like, all of the orcs now are. There's one would have been like, oh, my people. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, hey, th- these guys, this is better. I, I know how to do this. That's Not this true. Weird. Not this weird yeah. emo kid. We're going to do something better. So, I don't know, because like, that was one of those things where I'm like, okay, say so they landed and started colonizing somewhere, and Nazgrim would have been the Lich King. There you go, bam, <laughs> bam. I'm on board with that. <laughs> it just it would be interesting, yeah. Like because then Arthas gets there and he's like, oh man, this is not what I thought. Because if you have your like horde assembled, right? You have Tonka and orcs and trolls and um, Nerubians, and now you, they also have Frostmourne, and they also are taking orders from the Lich King. And you're like, ah. We probably made a major no-no sending these guys north suddenly because this seems like a bad idea. <laughs> we made a giant army of people that are very mad at us. So right. Um, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that was my only thought. My one of my other thoughts amongst various, I agree with from all of you. So what if you know going with Nick's idea where they actually get just give them an area where they can go live their out their lives like happily and peacefully. Does that calm relations between the Alliance and Horde to the point that we actually work together a lot sooner and stay together more often? Heck no. <laughs> it just never happens. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. He looked at me funny and he's like, Yer. yeah, didn't you read <laughs> Cycle of Hatred? Of they just hate each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's pretty hard to forgive people. I mean, like, it, it is an interesting thought, though, because the internment camps were really... I don't know. It was a really big slight from the humans against the orcs, right? So yeah, the orcs it's have, horrible. It's right. horrible. It was horrible. And so it's it's one of those things where like the orcs are like, yeah, we've kind of been the bad guys because we've been warring and doing all this stuff. But, right. uh, you know, it's one of those where it's like, do they feel bad now? Because they're like, well, we just kind of warred against the alliance and then they shipped us away. But I guess that's also a thing, right? Like if they have the bloodlust still at this point in time, which I th- think they do because that's Warcraft three isn't it yeah, yeah, they, they, do. yeah they don't yeah. yeah so like they would be they would Very need something angry. to conquer right so they'd be like yeah let's go conquer all of northrend like i don't know i could just see it being like at some point they're like ah we're on an island this is not enough so 
I don't know. They probably like they're they're just gonna sail south again, and it's just gonna start all over again. Because I don't think they're gonna be kumbaya while they're up in Northridge. Yeah, Warcraft three would have right. actually been Warcraft four because three would have been them coming back going, "You should have put us in the tournament camps." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now they have Tonka, and and. Pickle mean ice trolls, rah. <laughs> Nerubians, rah. Tell your friends. <laughs> and and Nazgrim is a lich king, rah. <laughs> Going back for a moment to the orc worgen, a frost wolf, a frost wolf worgen would be awesome. Yes, yeah, it would but be really yeah. cool. Would they still wear the pelt of their frost wolf? Maybe. Like, I don't know, it's one of those things where in this universe, when you transform, your clothes are just, eh, we have no also idea true, yeah, so the, pe- so the pelt would just kind of, that would actually be awesome. Like, the, like pelt the pelt just fuses like into them? Or like, fuse into, yeah, that would be. Right? That would be I'm crazy. Board. This needs to happen. Well, we should Godfrey to not just let the body lie there. Wait for her to come back and go, And do that eight times. There you go. That's how you go. Well, let's, uh, if there's nothing else, we should move on to the next one. Yeah, we got a couple more. So what if Tiffin Rin wasn't killed? They would have paid the Defias Brotherhood. Well, technically, they would have played the Stonemasons, and there never would have been the Defias Brotherhood. And Onyxia probably would have poisoned her anyways. So and then the same <laughs> thing happens. So... <laughs> That's that's what I was thinking about. Like, Enixia needs her gone in order to move into the court. Like, if, I mean, she can she, she can mess up Varian, but like Tiffin, like, would be someone else that would be like on the you know, like she, she wouldn't be she wouldn't have such a, an easy transition if Tiffin's right. there to to kind of you know just be present. Yeah, because kind of the the order of operations was Enixia is messing with the both sides. She's messing mm-hmm. with the nobles and she's messing with the. Um, the, the stonemasons basically saying don't compromise you, you know you need to take everything that you're worth and then the nobles she would basically say oh these guys suck right and apparently varian was like off on like a hunting trip or something and when he came back all hell had broken loose and then the riot happened and that's when she died so let's just say maybe she ducked right maybe she get, get 18 <laughs> decks now right she's not not this like standard 10 decks right no she's fine now she can get out of the way uh, yeah, we're going to assume that if she didn't die there, because the, that was the, the main thing is uh, Varian kind of got all really mad and kicked him out of the city. So he probably just would have been like looking at the nobles going, what is wrong with you? Just pay them, you idiots. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, I don't think a whole lot would have changed because I really think Onyxie would have killed her somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hate to agree, but like, if Onyxia didn't kill her, and we just somehow say that the story progressed without her dying, we'll just like it would Anduin would probably have turned out very similarly still, but like he would grow up with a mom and be like, aw, Anduin. But, but with growing up with a mom, wouldn't he be then different? Maybe. He would have grown up differently. Yes, that's true. But I'm like, I kind of feel like Anduin at his core is still like Anduin. Like he's still like, yay, because well. Because, okay, so, like, if Anduin was one of those, like, ah, I hate everyone and I'm vengeful that they killed my mother, like, I feel like he would have been very different if his mother survived, but he's not like that. Yeah. So it's, like, maybe yeah. he would have grown up differently, but I feel like he's, it, like, his father tells him that he's very much like his mother, 
like by his nature. So it's one of those where it's like, would he be even like nicer Anduin? Would he be like a brat Anduin? Like, I don't know. But I think if, uh, I think if anyone was nicer, Varian would have been nicer. Yeah, definitely. And it'd be interesting because like, if he was nicer, he might have compromised at more points with the Horde, right? Like, there were a lot of points where he's like, ah, the Horde! And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah. like there was he the, might not have... Like, there was a meeting that happened, I believe, at Theramore, where it was the, the Twilight cultists that actually jacked everything up. They, they made hmm. it look like, oh, the Alliance were ha- attacking the Horde for, you know, humans. They were, they were part of the Twilight cult that were attacking the Horde. And then, you know, vice versa, the Orc Twilight cultists were attacking. Um, you know, you get the idea. And they were like, they're messing everything up. And it just messed up the whole peace treaty that Thrall and Barry, uh, Tiffin might have been like, <clears throat> cultists. <laughs> 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 like, uh, I don't know. Tiffin didn't actually strike me as one of those like overly um, racist characters. <laughs> it was just assumed the worst of everyone. So, yeah, that's honestly, like- he just would have been nicer. Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like she'd be a really calming force for Varian, right? Like, when he's like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna yeah. get all mad, and she's just like, put your sword away, honey. It's alright. Like, we should talk first. Like, I don't know. I, and what, like, I'm trying to remember, I think the Forsaken Emissaries came after her death? Or was that before? I'm trying to remember when that happened. Um, but like, after? I think I think it was after because like that might be one of those things where if the Forsaken emissary came and he didn't just like murder them on the spot, she'd be like, okay, this person's really scary, but we should hear them out, right? So that might have also changed this like the landscape of the Forsaken's um, interactions with the Alliance, which would be cool too. Yeah, I think I think one of the big one is if um, let's just say you you play the the whole you know, fun little thing if the if Tiffin ever died, and he just get convinced the nobles to pay off the stonemasons, there's no Defias Brotherhood. Defias Brotherhood never kidnaps Varian. He never goes missing. So, we have our also king true. the entire time, and Anduin never had to play the little boy king on the on the, on the throne in classic <laughs> in BC. So, yeah, he just would have been king the entire time. So, that's, that's another fun little thing. So, no Logash. Hmm. And uh, no weird split personality, and yeah. no brawl bear mantle, uh, and uh, Valera Sanguinar fun little shenanigans. So yeah, that, that probably would have been some of the biggest things. And honestly, it was what was it? Yeah, it was you know him remembering that he had a kid that even made him want to want to go back because he's like being a gladiator rocks. <laughs> <laughs> if if Anduin grows up with a calmer father and a present mother like i mean one of the reasons i think anduin's who he is is because he had to grow up fast and he he has the freedom now to be a kid and to rebel and not you know feel the pressure i mean yes when you're a prince there's still pressure to you have to be groomed to be a leader but i think anduin comes out the worst for this i think he, he he's not uh you know i think i you know i think he's very much one of those characters that's you know kind of like forged in the crucible he is his scars uh, yeah exactly exactly and if he gets no scars he i I could see him almost kind of being a little whiny kid a a little a little yes soft and whiny and i mean perfectly normal for uh you know a kid you know between like the ages of like eight and 18 but uh 
I mean, he's, he's, he's way more mature than his age now. And I think he's just yes. a, a typical teenager <laughs> no, at this point. The cinematic where he goes and finds Varian's sword on the broken shore. <laughs> Can you imagine how... Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 many, many tears, many tears. <laughs> Again... Do this, Dad. Uh. <laughs> just snot everywhere, and just like, oh man, man, come on, come on, dude. Gen's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh boy, we have a long way to go. Gen's like, uh, we can just make Tiffin queen, right? We don't need to. Put yeah, this we, we don't. We don't need it. It doesn't have to be a. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The best. There would be uh, no weird love interest possibly between him and Mia for sure. No, none of that. No. Yeah. And would he would he have uh, gone off and scampered into um, you know, Missa Pandaria and hung out with Rathian? I don't think he would have. No. no he would have, he would be way too scared yeah. to confront uh, Garrosh with the Divine Bell. So there you go. Probably. Garrosh yeah. would have used the yeah. Divine Bell and turned his entire forces into super Shah forces and he would have wrecked Shop. So there you go. That's 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 what would have happened if Tiffin Wind was never killed. Garrosh wins. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yikes. That also, escalated quickly. Then Rathion is more of a butt face. Because, like, <laughs> I think hanging out with Anduin really tempered a lot of his personality, right? His, like, I'm a black dragon. They had their, like, emo moments together, like, growing. I love that part where Anduin True. hangs out with yeah. Rathion, and I'm like, oh, look at these two, like, sort of emo, like, growing up together, hormonal boys. I'm like, oh, there they go. Like, you're like, what a year old and he's like mm, yeah. 17 or 18 or something I'm like ah yeah yeah the yeah. two-year-old well playing and uh yep. <laughs> and anduin you know with all his broken bones in the inn <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like yeah this is great look just at us hanging out being friends Wee or whatever it was that they were playing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's, man you just break, keep one character alive and all sorts of shenanigans <laughs> change right <laughs> Well, All right. Is there anything else with that one? Nothing that I can think of. I'm trying to think of. Well, I, we would still probably ultimately kill Onyxia. I'm just wondering, like, if she got kicked out of the court before we killed her, like, would she have gone somewhere else? And so, to, like, even more chaos, like, because she was she was working stuff together, and she's like, ah, these these humans figured it out. I'm gonna drop this one and go hang out somewhere else and cause more chaos in another location. Like, I don't know. It's just interesting to see, like, what because I don't know. It, it seems like a it would be make the most sense for her to be in Stormwind, but like, what if she had moved somewhere else, like tried to set up shop with like the the orcs or something, and try and manipulate them and do all these you know mind games over there instead? How would things be different? Just like well, she did that. I mean, her brother would be mad yeah. because it's like you're moving in on my territory. I got this like, horde up in here. <laughs> this is true, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so next up, what if, for some odd reason, Gallywicks join the Alliance? Or one of Makara, you know, that kind of thing. But what, what if, uh, let, let's hear it, Katie. Okay, so I got something here. So, um, I know we had talked about this a little bit earlier, but when the goblins are fleeing Kazan, right, they're on a ship. And what Gallywicks does is he actually takes over half of the population of Kazan hostage, and he says he's going to sell okay. them into slavery. So, right. Uh, We'd have to do a couple leaps here, but say he winds up in Stormwind Port and he's like, I got a bunch of goblin laborers here, <coughs> slaves, uh, for really, really cheap, right? What do you need built? What do you need done, right? And so if there was 
I don't know, anything like the Alliance might be like, well, this is pretty morally bad and I don't like this and goblins are kind of slimy, but they're really good mechanics. So uh, maybe we can, you know, have some of these goblins in Stormwind, which there are actually a handful of goblin, neutral goblins in Stormwind. So it wouldn't be that big of a departure for them to be there because goblins, most, most of the factions of goblins are actually neutral. So them being in major cities would make a fair amount of sense because they're like, yeah, yeah, why would I serve only one side? Because that cuts my profits in half. I love goblins so much. They're just fantastic. But <laughs> it would, it'd be really interesting if a faction of goblins joined the Alliance because, and you'd have to, again, like you'd have to be like, okay, could this happen? Like, would some of the gnomes and goblins start to work together? Which we've seen them do it, albeit very begrudgingly, but I'm trying to imagine the chaos it's kind of beautiful because you'd have things that would like explode, but they would work well. What is it, <laughs> like, Safranetta? And what was the other one? What, oh, the um, goblin's name? Yes, oh. or something like that. I don't remember his name, but something like that. Grizzix, they were awful yeah. chummy. <laughs> well, they were. It's true. It's true. There's also the um, uh, I'm thinking of out in a thousand needles, the the floating platform that I now can't remember. But there's a, a goblin and a uh, a gnome that are in charge out there. It's killing me. I don't remember both their names. It's a really fun quest up. So if you haven't done it, go do it. It's a lot of fun. Um, but like that kind of shows you that this whole platform of just gnomes and goblins have started to create some really cool things. And yeah, they're kind of like subtly sabotaging each other. But it's like, I don't know, in a way that makes their inventions even better. Because like this thing broke. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to make it even better. Just imagining just the, the rivalry, like instead of having the mage area, right? It's just like this goblin and gnome town, and they're just having rivalries and there are rockets flying like above the air and like landing in other people's shops. And yeah, I think, <sighs> I think what ultimately would have that happened would be awesome. right. is, isn't so much that Stormwind would have changed all that much. Because if you think about it, they probably, the dwarves would have been like, okay, fine. We have a Tinker Town. <laughs> Could you imagine? Stick them in Tinker like, oh. can, you, can you imagine how insane Tinker Town would become if it was Gabbins <laughs> and Gnomes tinkering right. up and in there? One area. Yeah. They would probably right. start, you know, setting up their own little area within the Deep Run Tram. They're like, okay, you guys have got the Deep Run Tram, and we're going to go all the way to the just one place. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go all the way to Gilneas. We're going to go, we're going to dig under there. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, why are we going to Gilneas? Like, like, why? <laughs> why wouldn't you go to Gilneas? There's got to be something under Gilneas, right? Like, it's, it's the, that's why the, 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 the wall things, right? Yeah, there's got to be hidden treasure or something. I don't know. We're getting a crew together. Yeah, so, so I mean, they're just, they're just building subway tunnels all over the place. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I mean... It'll be the deeper run tram. <laughs> the deeper run. I trademarked that. That's awesome. Because <laughs> um, I like, I could totally see the goblins doing that for Orger Bar. It's like, oh yeah, they have the deep run tram. We have the deeper run tram. So we always got to be better. So <laughs> it does totally sound yeah. like something they do. Um, Honestly, they'd probably set it up to go to Booty Bay. They'd be like, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't Booty you? Bay. It's the party town. Everyone wants to go there. So instead of it being like a commuter train, it's like the party barge underground. Um but I think the the bigger question would be what would the shape of the horde look like? Be, like I would think that maybe a faction of goblins might join them eventually because goblins have already allied themselves with the horde in the past in the second true, war. True. Those factions of goblins that did uh, in goblin society got in a lot of trouble because the other goblins are like, "Wow, what are you doing? This is a big mistake." Like you never pick sides in a war. That's just like you know rule number one of being sleazy and dealing to everyone. You don't pick favorites. It's a bad idea. Um, so it would be interesting to see if we do have goblins that come to the Horde um, eventually, but 
oh, the goblins actually that from Cataclysm have brought a lot to the Horde since they've been here. And they, you know, some yeah. of the terraforming and Ajara, lots of stuff, right? Lots of fun hubs. Uh, and it's, it'd just be interesting to think of how different a lot of it might look. And a lot of people don't think of it as being different, but I'm like, they're pretty much the main mechanics of the Horde. So like anything that's either mechanical or kind of, I don't know, futuristic-y. Uh, if that makes sense, might not be there in the same way. Sorry, Nick, you have your finger raised. Go well, for it. Well, two things. One, I was going to say to your last point, Garrosh's iron horde loses a bit of the iron to it because a lot of his weapons were all goblin manufactured. So that gets cut out from under him. True. Uh, but but se- second, we are assuming that Thrall and Agra survive the goblin starting zone experience. Mm. Um, that nothing happens to them. They get off just fine and they go back to the horde and there's no negative influence there. Right, they probably wouldn't. Uh, well, because well, like you know, as the goblin player, right, you're the one that goes and saves them. So if the goblin ship wasn't blown up and all of the survivors of Kazan weren't just scattered about in the ocean to wash up ashore on these islands, it would be a very different picture. Because there's nobody on those islands; they're completely uninhabited. Uh-huh. There's a reason they're called the, the Lost Isles, which are super cool. And if you haven't done the goblin starting zone, you should do it because I've done it a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> That was my pitch. That's super surprising. I was going to say, she's done it at least 16 times because how else is she going to run those friggin' headless horseman runs? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've actually done it 18. I think I have at least 18 goblin tunes. Yeah, there you go. It's a normal amount. I like goblins a normal amount. It's fine, you guys. Well, it's like being <laughs> dwarves. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I don't play enough horde to really know how much really would have been changed. But yeah, I was going to bring up the, uh, the you know, Let's just say the Warlords of Draenor cinematic would have looked a little different. He would have he wouldn't have been picking up an iron star to shoot at uh, Manoroth. Well, it might true. actually be possible that it would still because a lot of the goblins that filled out the ranks in um, Garrosh's army were also mercenaries, and goblins love to be like they they love being mercenaries as much as they love just you know making a profit on anything. So it is possible. They follow the gold, right? Exactly. So like if if Garrosh really wanted. Uh, you know, some of those mechanical uh, creations, he could definitely get them. But I also think he'd be less likely to pursue them because they would not be like readily available. He wouldn't be like, yeah, those guys, because he's a little, yeah, he's a little racist. So he might not be like, because I, if I remember correctly, I think, is it, I'm trying to remember which goblin it was, but I remember one of the goblins was like trying to gain favor with Garrosh. I think Gallywix does at one point as well. He tries to curry favor, of course, because he wants to save his rather large behind. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it would be interesting to see, especially if Garrosh starts doing more power grabs, if any other goblins try and align themselves and be like, hey, over here, like. I know you don't have any goblins over there, but look at all the cool things we can do. Oh. Weapons of mass destruction, jazz hands. Gaslo. Oh. So Gaslo is what? the uh, this, Is he the Steam Wheel Cartel? Yes. That he's he's neutral. He only recently, like, formally joined the Horde. I think he's he, technically he's been neutral for the longest time. I have so many <sighs> thoughts about it because I'm like, the Steam Wheel would actually need to join the Horde and we don't know the Steam Wheel will have it. No, I'm not saying the steam. No, 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 I'm just saying, no, well, no. He, he, I know this is this is my own beef with that part of right. the story. It's fine. It's right. good. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, this, I <laughs> think fine. my only my only thought there is like, okay, so Garrosh doesn't have his old Iron Stars, blah blah blah. blah. So well, he could, right? You know, siege. It was siege cra- cra- the siege crafter Black Fuse that did all that specifically. Right. 
So what, yeah, maybe what he still he? But the prop, the, the issue I was kind of thinking of is you'd probably have to just explain away that okay, Garrosh, you know, hired these you know engineers or whatever for that um, the Dark Heart of Pandaria scenario where it was goblins, right? Because yep. it, it was goblins that dug up the uh, you know the heart of Yzarge. So yeah, they wouldn't have been specifically members of the Horde. It would have it. It was just they were, you would have had to say, oh, these were mercenaries that they hired. But we wouldn't have the gang. Oh, what's the gang called? It's not the Quick Fuse. Um, uh, that oh, gang I, of I goblins that helps you when you go into the Dark Heart mm-hmm. of Pandaria. Remember, where you get the the title Slayer of Incompetent, blah 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 minions. Um, they wouldn't have been aligned with the, the Boom Squad. Is that what they're called? Is it the Boom Squad? It might I think be the it boom is. Squad. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I love all of them. <laughs> They're all like uniquely voiced. Anyway, and you can all go hang out with them in that little island in the middle of Ajara. So have fun. Go hang out and see all of them. Uh, can you tell <laughs> that I like goblins? Is that this? anyway? Um, so it would be interesting because potentially in that scenario, because they're they're out in uh, Ajara, if I remember correctly, like you actually do a quest hub with these people as the horde. Uh, that's why it makes sense when you see them again. You're like, oh, hey, I remember these guys. Um, Right. So it would be interesting because we wouldn't have them there on the inside that we wouldn't have this very special tactical unit of goblins, potentially, uh, unless they wound up with the Alliance, which would be utter chaos and kind of hilarious also. Because you can imagine be like, yeah, you know, those, those Alliance guys made me sign this waiver and they said I couldn't blow up this thing. Is anybody looking? Okay, we're going to blow up this thing. All right. Okay, we're going to do it. It's going to be great. So... It's like, I just have to wear a lot of blue and, and gold, and our fireworks have to be blue and gold and that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's all in the contract. <laughs> just just make it look good. Make it look alliance. Make it look good. <laughs> make it extra sparkly. It's the Bilgewater Cartel that terraforms Ashara, right? Yes. So the Bilgewater Cartel is the one that joins the Horde formally. Yeah. Yeah, so, the, so Ashara... Ashara is one of the zones that is untouched by Cataclysm that the developers just didn't have time to redo any quests there then. And then there's just no giant gun pointed at supposedly Stormwind. <laughs> that that never gets fired anyway, so yeah, no, no, no real change there. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's, true. It's decorative. Exactly. It's decorative. It's, it's decorative. To be perfectly honest, the only reason it probably hasn't been fired because the, the goblins are like, okay, we got this big gun. Call it a, a rail gun, if you will. It's a big gun. Okay. Um... 37% chance if you fire that thing, it's just going to blow up and it's just going to destroy the entire area and half of Orgrimmar. So, yep. Take your chances. I mean, it has a giant goblin face on the front. Like, you don't need to fire it. It just looks cool. Though they totally would. 120%. Thank yeah. you for giving I'll, the chance. I like to think it shoots silly string. <laughs> that's, that's an image. Could you imagine just like, okay, how much force are we going to need to shoot Silly String all the way over to Stormwind? Get our best people on it right now. That's what all the funding went towards. That and the the giant gold face. When we finally defeat all the threats in the universe and it's time to party, that's when they'll fire it. And we'll have Silly String all over the planet. Either that or we'll have an equally big crater from the sword. Like, well, let's just have two giant craters in Azeroth instead of just the one with the sword. Hmm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, anything else to add to this one before we jump into maybe the last couple questions? Before we start wrapping this up? I mean, that's what I could think of. I could go on about goblins all day, but we should probably move on before I give my full (laughs) dissertation. So. (laughs) 
Mm. Yes. Uh, Dissertation. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do we want to do all three of these, Jen? Yeah, I mean, we can we could probably knock these out because I don't think that they are going to be that crazy. Yeah, especially the first one. Okay. So we did get three questions from our Discord. Is it the patron Discord, Jen? Yes. I can't remember. Okay, so it this is. So, yes, from the lovely patrons. So thank you. Um, the first one is, what if Arthas didn't dump Jaina? I and I almost read the edge jump. I mean, yeah, I was thinking about this. Um, and I think the answer is... She would have participated in the culling of Strathol. <laughs> uh, hmm. Would she? I don't feel like she would. Like, hmm. I mean, I feel like she at some point she's just like, I'm going to dump you because you're crazy. Like, maybe. I don't know. I don't think she would participate in the culling of Stratham, though. Like, she doesn't have a good. Well, it's one of those where it's like her. She has a pretty strong personality at this point, but it's not as strong as like after he dumps her. Like, she becomes much more. Uh, how to say yeah. like she feels like she becomes more independent after he dumps her um, and yeah, so I'm not saying I honestly know. I think the real actual answer is she is not nearly as powerful as a, as a mage because she's not focusing on her studies she's focusing on her boyfriend <laughs> true and then Kalthos gets really upset <laughs> <laughs> I mean there's a part in the book where uh, she tries to gently explain to Arthas, like, if you carry on doing the, you know, having our relationship, there might be a kid at some point. So it's like, if yeah. they didn't break up, what would happen then? Would there be actually an heir to the throne of Lordaeron uh, via Jaina and Arthas? The Lich Kid. Oh, the Lich Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Lich kid. <laughs> yes. Oh, my uh, gosh. Wrath of the Lich King 2, Artie's Return. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't think it would have been. It, it, honestly, it probably is. Yeah, maybe there's a kid. I don't know. Who knows? They get married. Kelly has got a big sister. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like if she would be able to talk him out of going to Northrend, like even though he went through the, it, say he went through the calling of Stratholme, she's like, I can't watch you do this, yada yada. But maybe she'd be able to talk him out of going to Northrend. That would change things pretty dramatically. Mm-hmm. So would she? Uh, would she have gone to Northrend with him? Maybe, but like again, like it's one of those things where if she would be a, be there, right? And she's like, I see you starting to do this kind of shimmy towards the dark side, and I'm like, yeah, we like. She, I feel like she'd be able to at least be a, a road bump and on his path because he maybe he'd second guess himself at some point right, right. if she keeps being like mm. I changed I change my okay. I changed okay, my answer the real answer is Jaina doesn't even participate at all in the whole going and calling and things like that because uh, she's back home with the kid <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think about this because Jaina's what like Sixteen-ish around here, like she's not. Oh, when Arthas was like, "I need to focus on my on being me." Yeah, they were they were like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, so she's not she's not super mature yet, and I feel like like obviously they get into a fight about the calling of Strathholme. Yeah, that you know, so so that that's that 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 happens, but I think that okay, so she's like okay, so you can have your. I, th- I think if they don't break up over that, then it's like okay, you can have your proto death nighty activities. I'm just gonna stay over here and like not, like I'm just not gonna focus on that. But like she's still gonna be thinking about that. I feel like maybe they get married and maybe they have a kid, and then like five years in, she's like, I've made a horrible mistake, 
and she just really she becomes one of those like bitter housewives she takes up like smoking and doesn't tell anybody about it she's like out outside the back of uh you know wherever she's in dallaray and just like you know hiding like a pack <laughs> of cigarettes on her somewhere that nobody knows about and, and she puts on some weight and just it just she just she everybody's like like she just is a miserable person and like finally she has an awakening that she realizes like no i should not be with this guy he's ruining my life he's he's toxic and he's horrible and then she leaves him and then she goes to maybe like booty bay or something and she just like relieves her spirit and she finds herself again and she you know takes up like belly dancing at one of the <laughs> one of the inns there and she she just you know she you know she becomes like the, the, this this patron say like finding yourself and, and and just freedom and and she she leads a very happy joyous life at that point wow that was That's a lot to digest. What I was gonna say this is the best answer ever <laughs> So, so what I was thinking is, because she she's so like I think to this day, it's probably like oh there's some there's there's a little bit of Arthas left in him like my Arthas he's still in there right like she still you know cries over him and whatever right so what if because she has these feelings towards him, what if she does end up going to Northrend with him in an attempt to try to save him or help him whatever, and what if she becomes one of the first victims of Frostmourne. I was just about and to say becomes, that. And becomes, and gets right. turned, and becomes Jaina the Death Knight. That would be pretty baller, and we'd be in a lot of trouble, potentially. Yeah. She's a pretty the, powerful mage. Or the other problem, or other issue, is Jaina's always got this thing where she's like, she's like, oh, he's the one who got away. The one who got away. Well, maybe he didn't dump her. Maybe just fast forward like two years or something like that while they're still in the relationship. Maybe before they had a kid, maybe before they got married. Maybe she realizes this guy is kind of a jerk and she dumps him. It's not the He's not the one that got away. She's the one that kicked to the curb and she goes and hangs out with Kael'thas. <laughs> I mean, of the two, I'd probably pick Kael'thas as well, to be honest. <laughs> but I mean, like, if she, if she had picked Kael'thas instead of Arthas, but Kael'thas, I mean, Kael'thas is arrogant, right? There's no doubt about that. But oh, yeah. right. would he be slightly different if Jada's like, well, you need to kind of, you're at an 11, we need you some down, somewhere to like a 6. Come on. Uh, I want to see Kael'thas and Jaina versus Illidan and Tyrande as far as like the power couple of the arrogant a-hole just just the two of them facing off yeah that may that may be a twitter poll after this episode comes out (laughs) 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 who wins you decide all right i think we've beaten this dead horse um and that one came from anna so thank you anna (laughs) i'd throw an invincible joke in here didn't of course because the dead no right i got it gotcha (laughs) <laughs> oh. what, what if you could see invincible a- is that the question <laughs> dear lord nick <laughs> every time anyways moving on our next question comes to us from shad so thank you and they ask what if kagar accepted the powers of the guardian player characters would have nothing to do <laughs> I, I agree true he would actually be helpful in the ray fights he's a part of Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> wow. There's a wow. bit of heat behind that one, Allie. How do you really feel? The number of times he just, like him and all the NPCs just chill in the back while we do all the heavy lifting. Like, just. Man, can you imagine the, uh, the initial questing in the, you know, the Iron Horde kind of crab in Warlord's Draenor? 
Warlords. Ken, oh yeah. Tengar would have been like, it's cool, guys, I got this. <laughs> there wouldn't need be an expansion. Tengar would have been he like, just on the yeah. portal. And there's literally no one behind him. And he just goes <laughs> and just destroys the whole thing. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Cadgar would be like, oh, I mean, I've actually destroyed this portal before. I'm just going to do it again. And this time I'm not going to leave a rift behind because I'm actually the guardian. <laughs> yeah. Double work. I feel like if you're going to talk about Cadgar getting that powerful, that that then means he becomes a raid boss that at some point where they go, no, we got to take this guy down. He's getting a little <laughs> too big for his britches. And possible. Yeah. yeah. Such is the nature of power. No, I mean the good the, the good news is is that if Cadgar became the guardian and it just it all really depends on when he accepted the power of the guardian, but let's just say he did it sometime before Warlords of Draenor, we're saved of that awful mess, right? He just Yeah. He just destroys the the portal and he says, "Sorry guys, if you wanted to actually go to Outland, you're going to have to go go get there somewhere else cuz portal's portal's gone." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then we move on. And then we have Legion. And everyone's like, but how did that happen? There's no gold and that came through. It's like, they just figure it out. There's a different way to do it. I mean, would he be one of those people where the Horde and Alliance start finding you? He's like, I bet, bet, bet. you sit in that corner and think about what you've done. And you sit in that corner and think about what you've done. Stop fighting. Think about what you've done. <laughs> Stop children. Yeah, but ultimately, it's also- it would have been, it very much would have been something like that. But I mean, since and- he's the, the guardian and he's just getting sick of everyone's crap. He probably would become a raid boss because he killed all of the uh, the elite <laughs> leaders of the alliance and the horde. And he's like, no more factions. Or no. maybe I was gonna say maybe he would be a third faction, right? Because he's like, I'm just gonna go make this completely neutral place. I mean, yes. we have a handful of those already, but most of them are goblin inspired towns. Uh, he's like, yep, no, we have this third place. He's like, you stop fighting. If you fight, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come, and you guys are gonna be in trouble. So stop it. But yeah, I don't think we would have had like <laughs> battle for Azeroth because you just fly over and put out the trees like again. You guys, like, <laughs> it's the fourth time. Stop it! Come yeah, on. He would have dissolved the factions. He's like, you guys seriously want me to put you in the corner again? Yeah, <laughs> I will. I have hats, Dunn's hats for both of you, all of you, all the leaders. <laughs> I'm gonna take pictures. You don't know what those are, but I'm gonna take pictures of you, post them. What are you talking about? We got the selfie cam. You. Oh wait, we didn't get the selfie cam because there's no warlords of Draenor. No selfie cam. Boom. Right. <laughs> Sad. Although I'm sure goblins would have. I think goblins have uh, cameras. Like they made something similar. Mm. Blood elves have them and they're standing on top of Tazara lore. So we know that they must have gotten into mainstream Azeroth somehow. Yeah. But there you go. But still. Still. Cad- Cadgar just said he would have saved the day for everything because Illidan was ultimately wrong. Because when he said there cannot, there, there, you know, there is no chosen one, it's, it's, it's we. No, the chosen one's Cadgar. And he was silly to not take up the power of the Guardian. There you go. And like, I chose myself. There we go. Problem mm-hmm. solved. Mm-hmm. So wait, in, in Legion then, does Cadgar wind up going into the the, the, the Pantheon to uh, to fight Sargeras eternally? Or he still lets Illidan do that because nah, he's, he just he's the Sargeras. guardian of Azeroth. He just outright kills him. <laughs> he just kills him. <laughs> <laughs> Repels the sword. Like, nothing, none of that happens. He's like, then, nah, then, like, none of that The spirit of Medivh shows up. He's like, thanks, that guy was freaking very annoying when he was living in me. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, I'd watch that. Yeah. I think that's me. He, he just, Cadgar wins. Yeah. yeah he best. feels, he feels a little bit of emptiness in soul because he has no one to share it with because he never goes to Dalaran and be, becomes one of the council and he doesn't get that relationship with Madeira that he's always looking for. Oh, um, ultimately, actually, uh, throwback to uh, episode 10. 
If Kankar accepted the power of the Guardian, he would have beat Jaina in a duel. Easy. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that. I was waiting. (laughs) Waiting. Jaina would have lost. It's true. If he was the power of the Guardian, yeah, that's no contest. (laughs) And and then Jaina's so sad she goes back to Arthas. Yes. (laughs) Yep. There we go. We figured it out. Boom. Science. I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, We're going to go ahead and move on to our last one, unless anyone else had anything to add about that. Okay. So our next one and last one comes to us from Mud, who asks, what if Teresa hadn't been killed by Blackhand? Another good one. She would have wound up in the Stormwind Riots and be killed there. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yikes. Just kill off poor Teresa already. Uh, My goodness. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) We're just kind of savage. We're like, oh, yeah, this NPC dies. Well, they probably die a different way. Uh, no, I actually know what the actual answer is, is the Horde now has uh, another option for that you can play as a playable race, which is half-orcs. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. That would actually be pretty cool. Yeah, you can finally live out your, uh, your um, Garona dream, right? Uh, the original Corona, not the uh, not the the retconned Corona where she became half Draenei, half orc. But no, the original Corona where it was half human, half orc. <laughs> so yeah, I think that I think that's what it was. No Agra, Cataclysm would have been very different because you know, I mean maybe he would have gone. She wasn't there. there to support Thrall. I mean maybe Thrall never would have been doubting himself because Teresa would have been like, dude, you're the best. I believe Just in you. Don't even worry about it. You're a fantastic shaman. I don't even know what a shaman is because I'm a human. But you're really good at it. Remember when that time when you saved me? You're the best. It was like, don't oh, worry about it. Chef's kiss. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yes. Maybe, but at the same time, like maybe Thrall needed that tough love from Agra. Oh, I, I think he absolutely Tell him did, to suck yeah. it up and figure, figure your stuff out, man. He was definitely having a moping party and she was like, come on, man. You're an orc. Get over it. You were raised by humans. And they go like, through this whole thing. He's like, oh, be nice to me. Well, I mean, like, no. The other possible, you know, outcome is Thrall failed at uh, at taking at destroying um, Durnhold Keep because when you know the, the the scene played out as you know you know I got a jar of dirt right three, and then he throws the little little head down right you get the idea and then it's like he's like and a boo boo right and he's doing all that and then that obviously enrages Thrall very very angry right and then he starts doing the river dance and he creates like such a powerful earthquake <laughs> Uh, that it like knocks down the the walls of the keep, right? And then the orcs run in there. Da, 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 da. Maybe Thrall is like, I'm a shaman, me. And he can't he can't even like you know muster up the the strength to uh, you know even slightly ajar the doors. Right? Maybe maybe he just he needed that hatred to like we said knock down the the gates of, of Durnhold. So would Blackmore then? You know, if he isn't defeated, does he take weak shaman thrall and you know executes him, and maybe just takes Teresa prisoner and just locks her up somewhere? And so she's not she doesn't die; she lives, but she's just a prisoner now in a cell somewhere in uh, in Blackmore's keep. Yeah, I mean, they were that was that was basically his concubine or you know mistress for the pretty much the entire book. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're gonna say uh, she stays in that role. And, but her life is a little worse because he's very mad that uh, she was trying to betray him. So now it's just even worse existence. 
I don't know. I feel like she might not come out of that on the other side. Blackmore wasn't known for being an even-tempered person. No. No, I wasn't. True. True. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that, but maybe that is how you get that, uh, you know, try a lot of the aspects version of Blackmore, at least, or at least a slightly temp, like maybe not as good as that one. Cause I believe technically, yeah, in Twilight of the Aspects, Thrall just died as a baby, right? So that that's how that Blackmore uh, came about. So in this version, where Blackmore defeats Thrall at, at Durnhold, right? Maybe you just get a, I don't know. He never actually manages to take over the Eastern Kingdoms because of all the years of drinking and crap like that. But, you know, maybe he takes over Arathi. <laughs> mm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and then again, friggin' Warcraft Three, we lose. <laughs> I think it, I think honestly, a lot of these what if scenarios turns into we lose in Warcraft Three. <laughs> the Legion destroys yes. Azeroth. <laughs> yeah, because there's a there's lots of moving parts, and when you you take a couple of those out, they, you know. Warcraft 3, there was a there's a, there a, there a big thing that you needed to take care of, which was Archimonde trying to destroy the planet, you know, invade, da, 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 you get the idea. Yeah, and then you just, if we lose, yeah, no World of Warcraft. So there you go, that's, there you go, that's the answer. No World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate I, answer. No. I think that's a lesson, is that most what-if stories end in very dire consequences, that things yeah. need to play out the way they did, or else everything goes south. According to Nas Dormu, that's true. <laughs> yes. I mean, he would know that's his job mm-hmm. that's true thanks Nazdormu protecting the timelines <laughs> yeah well I think that'll do it at least for these questions we got a whole lot more up yeah. in here but those are the main ones we already run a little long here yes we'll, we'll have that list saved maybe we can revisit them some other time because mm-hmm. there's lots of good questions in here because mm, yes it would be fun to ask the question of what, what would actually happen if Goldan didn't betray the Horde? And then what would that look like? Mm, I don't know. Fun times, fun times. Well, anyway, I guess we can move on and we can say thank you very much to a brand new patron that we got just today. So thank you very much to Sirak Obama, I guess. Oh. Sure. It's a fun name. <laughs> if that's your real name, I apologize Hello. for thinking it's funny. If it's... I just think oh. it's... Very. It, when you say it out loud, it sounds like sounds very similar to Barack. <laughs> that's that's. I'm guessing that's the point. Uh, but anyway, that's it. <laughs> yeah, seriously, thank you. That's that's amazing. I really appreciate. Yes, the thank you. Fantastic. And we also have a whole bunch of uh, fantastic uh, patrons that are on the wonderful lore level. You know, live, laugh, all the way to the lore. You gotta get all the way up there. Um. Yeah, we got Kellen P. Mud, Chris Malore. Dungeon Master Burke, Skull, and Anna. That's the ones. Thank you. Yeah. You're wonderful. You're fantastic. Appreciate it. You're the best. Well. And really quick, since we like to end every episode on a positive note, we got a little a little thing to do. Yeah, this one. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. Woo. So I did a bit of searching. And I found out there is a restaurant in Fort Worth, Texas that allows customers to pay what they can for their meals. And we're just going to play this really quick video for it. 
A restaurant in Fort Worth has been paying it forward for more than three years, and it only happens thanks to the kindness and generosity of its customers. Morgan Young shows us what happens when food and faith connect. If you weren't looking for it, you could easily miss it. I, I thought they were just joking. I had to come and see some of them. A place where lunch for one pasole rojo one is an act of love. We got order up. Michael Ford is feeling grilled chicken this week. It's pretty good. It's awesome. And without a price tag. Yeah. We don't have money to eat. Because here in this place, counting the cost is what's not on the menu. Pay what you can pay for everything every day. I think most people thought I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Williams opened Taste in 2017. Got order up right here. We want people to realize that they have a value um, to just being them and that, that we value them as a person. It's about providing them something that makes them feel special. When it's lunch that way. Love, that's more than just a feeling. It's something you seek out, so no one misses it. Everyone's included here, um, and there's something wonderful about that. Trey Holcomb has been coming here for years. There's something very holy about what happens here. A place sparked by the mission to serve people who may have never been served before. No strings attached, no anything. Just come in and receive a blessing giving a blessing. They're not worried about who pays what, but there is a number they are eyeing, a milestone. Yeah. 100,000 meals served. At closing time Friday, they were less than 10 away, each one meaningful. It's not just about putting calories down. It's the fullness of dignity. That they feel dignified. Everyone, every day. Wow. If there's restaurants in heaven, this is how they operate. I've never seen anything like this in my life. So next time you're heading to lunch on Main Street, look up, look in. I think it's a blessing. Where you could easily miss your own. In Fort Worth, I'm Morgan Young. So I thought it was really just wonderful because not only is it wonderful that those who struggle can get fed, but these were actually like really nice meals. They're pretty, pretty fancy plates. But it speaks volumes that the community really chipped in for this since they were actually able to stay open during the pandemic with this financial model because it opened a year before the pandemic started and they're still going strong. So that really, that says a lot. And I just, I thought that was just a nice reminder that there are still lots of good out there and good in humanity and yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it sounds like a pretty awesome place to go. Not personally a huge fan of Texas, but that's most of the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Way too human for me, but that's that's just me. But hey, pretty awesome. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh that's it. Oh yeah. Well, got this here little fun little thing. Well, uh, before we go, Nick, Katie, where on earth can people find your fantastic show? Well, uh, you can find us over on the Mash Those Buttons Network. We are at Torn Goblin on Twitter. And uh, we record live on Twitch. Well, we're supposed to record live on Twitch every other Tuesday. Uh, so I think our next episode should be uh, next week on the uh, 27th at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons, 1030 p.m. Eastern uh, on, uh, what did I say, the thir uh, 27th? Yeah, the 27th. It was the 20th. 27th. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Just follow us on Twitter at Toy Goblin. <laughs> there you go. 
Yeah, but seriously, thank you. That was so much fun. And I guess we can go ahead and end it there. Yes, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us. That was Thanks great. for having us. That was, that was quite enjoyable. Yeah. What if? <laughs> Stupid Disney making me think about all this crap. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Live, Laugh, Lore. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or a question that you're just dying to know the answer to, send us an email at livelaughlorecast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jen on Twitter at Jared Cooster, and you can follow Allie at Allie Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. <laughs>